You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels podcast. A podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is episode 20, recapping the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled Twilight of the Apprentice. If you're checking us out for the first time and after this episode, you might be. We might get a lot of new listeners after this episode, Mike. Um, my name is Matt. I'm one of your co-hosts. And let me welcome in the host and creator of the Rebels podcast, Michael Cohen. Mike, a uh, huge huge episode mm-hmm. and like i said i imagine after that people are going to be uh maybe tuning into some podcasts to find out what the heck is going on with this season finale. <laughs> what do you think mike yeah uh yeah i think i think people might want to find some extra insight uh figure out what's going on um the end of that wow of, of the two-parter definitely leaves a lot of things open why oh my god um yeah both to interpretation and for storytelling so uh we'll we'll yeah. see i don't think that we'll see anything until star wars celebration europe this summer but yeah. um but i think that that there's a potential to see where this is going uh, pretty yeah. soon i i it's very interesting very very interesting i i i'm gonna say this i'm gonna put this out just now in the beginning because i want to get this out and I'm I'm just gonna say right away that I gave this episode an A, but part of me is I want to say this. How do I say this in a nice way? Um, they kind of wussed out on the end yeah. a little bit, and and don't get me wrong. Everybody's listening. Like, what the heck? Are, what What are you talking about? Shut up! Mm-hmm. But listen, um, after the buildup, I just feel like um, like I said, they might have taken a a side door or some, you know, we'll get to it in the end. Like I'll explain myself maybe later on, but I just wanted to put that out there like right yeah. now. But, but that doesn't, that doesn't uh, deter from the fact that this was, you know, it, it could be, obviously it's the top one or two episodes. This and, um, the siege of Lothal, two standout episodes of these, this whole series so far. And this one probably obviously took the cake as probably the, my favorite of the series so far uh, in this short two uh, season uh, show so far. So we'll get there, Mike. Um, but first, uh, let's do this. Um, 
like I said, you know, if you're if you're new to the show, especially after this episode, uh, Mike, uh, Mike and I are going to run down this episode. We'll give you some insight. We'll give you some uh, some audio cues as we go through. So a lot of fun stuff. But before we do that, um, we're just going to quickly go over a couple of news items that hit over the last week. Uh, the first one, Mike, being um, Ahsoka Tano. She's getting a young adult novel in October, October 11th of 2016. It's going to hit. Uh, written by E.K. Johnson, who I have no idea who that is. But uh, we're going to get some details about her, Mike, and it's going to be set... Okay, so apparently after the... She leaves the the Jedi Order in the, in the Clone Wars episodes, correct? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I This is coming off the cuff. Yeah. I remember um, reading a little bit of it, but uh, you want to tell everybody what it's about? Uh, th- this new novel? I. Uh... Yeah. So I well, the last time that we saw Ahsoka before she showed up in Rebels was in the season five finale. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, right. where she left the Jedi Order um, and went off on her own. Uh, she was supposed to return in season six, but obviously season six got cut short, and we ended up with right. the uh, the lost missions. Um, and uh, at Star Wars Celebration last year, we saw that they had some. They basically had. Uh, episodes like halfway done um, for her not as far along as maybe some of the other ones that had like full animatics and some completed scenes so they actually ended up releasing those two story arcs the one the the one about the crystals uh, and then the uh, Bad Batch arc they ended up mm-hmm. releasing those online but um, but we saw some bits and pieces of some Ahsoka Tano stories and then I, I, well, I guess previous to that, previous to seeing those bits and pieces at Celebration last year, I, we, we got the reveal that Ahsoka was coming back to Star Wars Rebels. So this book is going to bridge the gap between the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Uh, right. And we'll, we'll find out possibly how she becomes Fulcrum. Um, and uh, in the description that they give, uh, basically, it, 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 it's, it's here, I'll just read it. Uh, uh, just the important part. Uh, Finally, okay. her story will begin to be told. Following her experiences with the Jedi and the devastation of Order 66, Ahsoka is unsure she can be part of a larger whole ever again. But her desire to fight the evils of the Empire and protect those who need it will lead her right to Bail Organa and the Rebel Alliance. So, so it's, yeah, it sounds exactly like you said. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to end up. It's not going to be that Clone War story, but I wouldn't be surprised if elements of that Clone War story end up in this. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it'll be basically the story of how she becomes Fulcrum, and it'll lead yeah. right up to. Um, not right up to uh, uh, her being in Star Wars Rebels, but maybe into the events of some stuff in in, in Rebels, um, possibly hooking up to uh, a new dawn. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I'm excited about it. It's the interesting thing about this is that it is a young adult novel, um, right? So that means like it'll have a slightly different tone to it. But um, then, then perhaps uh, some Star Wars fans are used to. Uh, we did just recently get um, 
oh, what was it called? I think, is it called Starcrossed or something like that? The, which was a young adult mm. novel that came out on Force Friday. Um, the, about two, I still haven't finished it. I'm about halfway through that book. Um, actually, that's probably generous. I'm probably about a quarter of the way through it. But um, I, th- that was a young adult novel. And, and you know what? Like The thing is that I never really heard anybody talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that it really took off for them the way that they were hoping that it would, you know, kind of trying to, to ride the, the twilight hunger games, uh, insurgent or divergent or whatever that series started with. Um, I, they're trying to ride that sort of wave, um, with star Wars. I think that's what they were going for. Um, but you know what? Maybe Ahsoka might be the better way for them to do that. Um, because obviously right. Ahsoka hits with uh, young female uh, Star Wars fans, and they tend to be the primary audience of young adult novels. So, um, and you know why? You know why? Because young women read, and young men basically just do stupid stuff all the time and and <laughs> we just watch tv we, yeah we, we don't, can't we don't, don't read, read. <laughs> uh, it, that was my experience at least um and that's a yeah. broad generalization but even as a nerdy kid uh, i was reading comic books not books uh, right <laughs> and playing role-playing games where i was getting a lot of re- reading done with like final fantasy 8 and uh and and stuff like that so I, I, yeah, whereas I, I know that, that girls my age at that time were, like, reading books and stuff like that, and I was like, what are you wasting your time reading books? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, now, now, now look at me, I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a dummy who talks about TV shows and comic books, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, you know, as far as this, this book goes, um. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good spot yeah. to to get some new info for her because we all were shocked by the finale where she left the Jedi Order. It's like, whoa, whoa, what what happened? You know, yeah. and then coming into Rebels, like, where has she been? Where she she got different lightsabers now? How did that happen? So, yeah, sure, why not do a do a spot or a, a young adult novel which is set in that area? So that's cool. You know, I, I I'm I'm down with that. I like that. Uh, some other stuff that happened over the last week, and this is just quick stuff here. Um, see, talking about season three of Star Wars Rebels, and we'll talk about more at, at the end of the show, but uh, Dave Filoni says that Sabine will have a larger role in, uh, in season three. And also Lando is returning for season uh, three. I put season, season three of Rebels. Mm-hmm. I guess that was kind of leaked out. Uh, he was at some Dutch Comic Con, <laughs> and I, I don't know if he was supposed to say that. You know, with him... I imagine that was probably he wasn't supposed every, to say every that. time we've heard about Billy D being in Star Wars <laughs> Rebels, it has been from his own mouth and before it was supposed to be announced. So yeah. like consistently every season, every season, I like he talked about it in season one and then he talked yeah. about it in season two and now he's talked about it in season three. So par for the course. But uh, yeah. uh, good to have to have Lando back, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it's supposedly he's supposed to record in the next couple of weeks, so definitely that was probably a leak that wasn't supposed to come out yet. But it's not like something huge, like a mall coming back or something like that. And we've already seen Lando in the series, yeah. so it's not it's not any big shock that he's gonna he's gonna come back. And I, I'm, I'm sure he's gonna play a small role throughout this whole series. But it looks like, um, as far as Sabine though, she's gonna take a, a bigger role 
And Felony says, uh, we're going to delve a bit more into things with the Mandalorians and Sabine's story. Sabine's story will grow greatly in importance in the third season. And she kind of comes up to stand next to Ezra as far as being an important player on the show. And isn't as much a supporting character, which I think is great, is a great transition for her character. So she's going to be, um, according to Filoni, she's going to put herself up there with Ezra, which is kind of odd because I always thought she was kind of like just uh, obviously a background character. I wasn't, I'm not, she's not like my favorite character or anything. I can take or leave a lot of stuff, you know, some of it's okay, but I I just thought she was a bit player in the show, but apparently she's going to have a yeah quite a larger role. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Um, I think going into season three, uh, there's going to be a, a, a shakeup in tone. I think that the, I think the whole show is going to take a little bit of a of a darker yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, turn, um, and I, I think that that the end like of, it, yeah. of of this season um, it it really indicates that. So uh, I I I I think that that if that's the case, then Sabine will have a little bit more uh, meat to chew on because I think that that's kind of where her character um, leans towards. I I think uh, with a, with a lot of the characters in Star Wars, they are either all good or all evil or somewhere right in the middle, and mm-hmm. and I really feel like the majority of of the characters in Rebels are all good. Um, they're they're very heroic and they're doing things for the right reasons and all that sort of thing. But then I think that Sabine uh, is the wild card in that respect. So I, I think going into season three, we're going to see a little bit more of that. We saw a little bit of it this season with with uh, Ketsu and her her past, right? Um, right and then we right. saw a bit more of it with uh, the the Mandalorian episode. Um, and and her Mandalorian heritage. So I think that if you dive deeper into that, you'll start to find out that she's a little bit more of a warrior. She's a little bit quicker to anger than than the other characters, and she probably mm-hmm. she's probably less um, inclined to to always do the right thing um, mm-hmm. than our other characters. So so I think that we'll see we'll see a bit of that um, coming up. And uh, and 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 that character will get explored a little bit more. So I think if you do that, and you sort of challenge her, um, that 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 will have that automatically she'll take a little bit more of a of a main stage uh, role. Um, I think the other aspect of this is that if Ezra is splitting from the group, which is very clear that he will be. Um, yeah. If at some point he ends up with Maul and and uh, becomes Maul's apprentice, um, that that Sabine now becomes the the new hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she she becomes that young uh, aspect of the show that's going to uh, carry on the the rebellion when characters like like uh, uh, Kanan and Hera. I, you know, inevitably don't don't make it because <laughs> uh, <laughs> sooner or later yeah. it's got to happen. But um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> especially sure. for Kanan. I mean, I've talked about it before. Kanan's role, uh, it has to end with his death. It has mm-hmm. to end with self sacrifice. That's it, he is he is very much an Obi Wan Kenobi uh, uh, type, and. Um, 
uh, he takes a step closer towards that sort of thing in this uh, season finale, and uh, and I th- and I think that 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 that's really clear. So the you know you have to have these younger characters, um, much like you do in in Star Wars in A New Hope. Uh, you have uh, Obi Wan, who is from the prequels, sort of uh, stepping down, as it were. Uh, and uh, and then Luke takes up the mantle, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and the same happens with Yoda in in Return of the Jedi. Uh, his character exits so that Luke can become that much more important. So um, I think that that's the way that things sort of set themselves up in mm-hmm. in this. I but we've got a lot of stuff coming in season three. Season three is going to be really packed. I think. But. Oh yeah, like and and we'll get to that in the end. And there's some stuff that that the, the uh, cast says, yeah. crew says, and Dave Filoni in particular. And I can't wait to to tell you yeah. guys that are listening at what we think. And I'm like, I know that that uh, there's something there that we're going to talk about at the end. Yeah. Um, so we'll get there. Anything else you want to hit before uh, before we get to this recap? No, uh, I'll just note that as of uh-huh. right now, uh, the on. Uh, StarWars.com uh, in the This Is Madness tour, tournament we've got uh, Luke versus Rey and Kylo Ren versus Darth Vader so hmm. um, very interesting. interesting Vader is is like trouncing Kylo Ren 70 to 30 but um, I, Luke that's a little surprising I think just because Kylo Ren's so fresh yeah and... but you know what one of the things about Kylo Ren that everybody loves is how much he loves Darth Vader because we all love Darth Vader so right. um, yeah. so it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of appropriate as well yeah. um, but I, I Luke and Ray is actually a much closer race I think it was 58 to 42 um, for yeah. for Luke um, so obviously Luke is is sort of poised to take that on. I mean, he's it's Luke Skywalker, right? But I threw in my vote with Ray because I think that mm-hmm. that Ray. Look, I watched through uh, I got my digital copy of of The Force Awakens because uh, I'm going to wait for the 3D Blu-ray to buy a physical copy. Uh, I got my digital copy last night. And uh, and I watched through all of the special features. And by the end of it, I just had this this feeling, this weird feeling of like almost, almost like I was betraying the original trilogy, um, and that I was betraying <laughs> Star Wars in general. I mean, like I, I guess technically Obi Wan's in it, but because uh, his voice is in it, both Alec and Samuel McGregor. But um, I, I think that The Force Awakens might be my favorite Star Wars movie. I, I tell you what, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, there's. I mean, yeah, it's just I'm putting like, it up there. I just, I'm putting it up there, you know, top yeah. top three easily. And it's just right now, I'm not sure where I'm going to put it yet. But as much I, I got you. as yeah. much as I love Empire and Jedi, and of course yeah. the original Star Wars, um, it, there's just something about the Force Awakens that whenever I whenever I watch it, whenever I think about it, whenever I see stuff online. It, it almost always makes me smile. It just almost yeah. always makes me smile. It just makes me so happy. And I, what's the point of watching Star Wars if not to feel that way, right? Yeah. And yeah. just whenever I, man, whenever I think of that Poe Dameron, it just like, <laughs> I, I just can't help it. Like, I love that character so much. He's just everything 
that that I want out of a Star Wars character. Um, the only thing he doesn't have is a lightsaber, and and I'm okay with that because as I as I talk about all the time, it's like you know there's too much focus on the lightsaber wielding Jedi, and sometimes it's those other characters that are a little bit more interesting. Um, but he's kind of got the best parts of Luke and the best parts of Han all wrapped up into one. Uh, like he's 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 uh, he's roguish and he's uh, and and he's the the like handsome older one uh, the dashing sort of uh, swashbuckler but mm-hmm. then instead of being cynical like han is he's the like finn is the cynical one right finn's the one who's right. like well, i what we should be running from the first order not trying to fight them uh poe is like no we're, we take the fight to them like he saves the day on more than one occasion He's having a good time too, doing it. And he loves it. He loves yeah. being a hero for the resistance. Yeah. And that to me, like, there's just something about mixing that enthusiasm and and sort of almost naivete of Luke Skywalker with the the sort of roguish swashbuckler aspect of Han Solo that just oh and then Oscar Isaac is just perfect. So yeah. the Poe Dameron comic, I think I think maybe it did it start? No, it starts this coming week. It's coming, yeah. It starts yeah, this coming sure. week. So yeah. um I'm really excited about that. Oh yeah. Well you said you said we'll, was... we'll do an episode we'll do an episode to oh, talk yeah. about the Poe Dameron sure. comic over the hiatus once I think it's I think it's a four issue miniseries. So that'll be what, yeah. like July? It's good. April, yeah, for sure, for sure. May, June, you know, July, yeah, in July, June, we'll talk July, about it. yeah. I think. Um, well, you said there's as far as the Force Awakens, there's you know, it just it just makes you smile. I got to tell you that there were as as dark and ominous as this episode mm-hmm. of Rebels was, Twilight of the Apprentice. There was times where I was smiling, and that was kind of towards the end. And and we'll get to there. Yeah. Um, you ready to kick it off? A yeah, little? let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay. To defeat your enemy. You have to understand them. Everywhere we go, we run into those guys. He's sending us reinforcements. Sham Sindona, at your service. You're a princess. I feel like because I can fight, I have to. The Jedi are growing in their power. My gut tells me this is a trap. Is it wrong for me to fight? Growing your abilities are. You should have seen him in person. He was my master. The dark side. It pulls at him. Call me Old Master. Hang on! I hate it when she says that. Ezra, don't! Ahsoka, why did you leave? All right, here we go, folks, with the season finale, or season two finale of Star Wars Rebels, Twilight of the Apprentice. Ahsoka and Rex have a conversation about her trip to Malachor. The captain would like to join her on a dangerous mission, but she insists that she go alone. Ezra questions why Rex is so worried, and Kanan and Ahsoka tell him that legend claims Malachor to be a dangerous place for Jedi. Ezra questions why they were sent there, and Kanan states... He trusts Yoda. The Jedi land on the Phantom on Malachor and approach several pillars with text written in the old tongue on them. Ahsoka can only make out a few words, but before she can finish, Ezra reaches out and places his hand on the pillar. 
it cracks with streaks of red light and a lightning bolt. The, uh, the ground parts and the trio fall swiftly underground, landing with a thud. When they rise, Ezra notices a gleaming red peak at the top of a pyramid in the distance. They have found a Sith temple. So, Mike, wow. Let's start off with this. Um, obviously, in the beginning here, it was kind of a... Kind of a Okay, they're on their way to Malachor, and yep. it's like a fun, lighthearted moment between Ahsoka and Rex, which I love that. Yep. I love the beginning of this. It's a, and call, how it was kind it's of, a callback to, to it's their a callback. first conversation. Exactly. The, and you know what? Trump's I didn't even notice that. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you catch yep. that? Because yeah. I, I didn't even notice that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I after I read that, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It was. So, so it was cool. I, I love the bookending of Ahsoka's story. Uh, about the first time we see her and possibly the last time we'll obviously get to that. But um, Malachor has been off limits to Jedi. And, I, and I'm not sure why. Maybe there's too much temptation. I don't know. Even Ezra asked, like, I don't, I don't get it. Why, why send us to Malachor? And I think yeah. all of us watching this are wondering why Yoda is sending this group to Malachor. Yeah. What's going on? And I, th- I don't know if it was ever answered. I don't know if you have an answer, Mike. I don't. I can't figure out why. I, I don't know. Some kind of look, test, maybe. Uh, Yoda, Yoda's playing the long game on this one. I think. Um, yeah. And and I don't know what that is, but I mean, Yoda might think that there's an opportunity to use Darth Maul as a as a way uh, yeah. to um, maybe weaken the Sith and their mm-hmm. their stranglehold because obviously he came very close once already uh in in the clone wars to to stopping sidious's plans um mm-hmm. at least it seemed like that until sidious you know got off his butt and uh, and and took matters into his own hands but like he he did like he was rallying his own army and he was very like he took over mandalore and yeah. had that been allowed to continue I think that that might have made the Clone Wars uh, an even longer conflict because you would have been adding in this third party to it that was unifying the 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 underworld right, mm-hmm. um, right. against both the Republic and the the Separatists. So, um, which uh, if you, like it's it's a funny thing about the Star Wars galaxy is if you get all of the I just talked about it. there's good guys and there's bad guys and then there's all the gray in the middle. Well, there's like so many good guys on one side and so many bad guys on the other side, and then the the gulf between them is everybody else. And mm-hmm. and if if Darth Maul could have brought everybody else together, then neither the Republic or the the Separatists could have stopped him. But um, and I think that Sidious Palpatine slash Sidious saw that and uh, and had to put an end to him. Um, so I think the fact that he's still out there means that he is, is, uh, I use this term once already in this podcast Wild he's the wild card. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that Yoda sees an opportunity there. Um, if, if we're, if we're going to go down this path of Yoda seeing something in going to Malachor that the others don't, um, because obviously if, if Yoda can see what's going to happen, um, whatever is happening with Ahsoka, whatever happen is happening with Ezra, and with what happens to Kanan, um, 
it, it, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to see why Yoda would want any of that to happen. But mm. um, I would say in, with Kanan, it's probably the easiest because by the end of this episode, I think Kanan is poised to become way more powerful than he's ever been before. Um, yes. And and only because he is he is a, a, he's he's very truly a Jedi, um, mm-hmm. and and very much like Qui Gon, um, I, and so like setting him up for this, I th- I think uh, is is going to be a big part of season three, um, I, and I th- I think. Man, I just mm, I want to see the new character design so badly because <laughs> because they're gonna yeah. tell us so much about where the story is going, um, yeah. and I want to see what Kanan looks like because yeah. I'm I'm I really think he's gonna end up looking exactly like Rom Coda. Rom Coda, yeah. I <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly, yeah. But I I yeah. yeah. So so I don't know. I I think maybe Yoda sees. Um, well, one thing that you have to understand is that is that in 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 this instance, Yoda is representative of the creators of the show. Um, so Yoda and Dave Filoni are one and the same. Yoda mm. knows what's going to happen, and Dave Filoni knows what's going to happen. He knows where all of this is going, just like he knew where all of Clone Wars was going. Even if Clone Wars didn't get to finish, uh, we are seeing where clone wars would have ended through the 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 vision of star wars rebels right mm-hmm. that's that's sort of looking back is how we see how that would have moved forward um and and i think similarly with star wars rebels he has a plan uh and and that 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 plan is is going according to it itself um and and so i think you just have to have a little bit of faith that that if dave filoni knows where this is going that uh that yoda also knows where it's going (laughs) right (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, I, at first I thought, well, maybe was this like could this have been a test? You know, mm-hmm. was it te- but you know, Kanan's obviously already did his test, so it's not him. So yeah. Um, but but another thing too, I, I as part of this initial opening was the the monolith or the the pillars or what do you want to call them? Uh, Ezra, he seemed like he was drawn to it, and the like the the mood change when yeah. they when they showed him and. I don't know. It was really hard. Here's the other thing that I had a problem with was not with the show. It was with the um, presentation, I don't get it in HD, so it's really grainy and it's it just sucks. And that's terrible. Um, and so I have to like figure out another way to watch this in HD because whatever this channel on Dish Network I have, Disney XD does not come in HD. So it was hard to see, but it seemed like when he was looking at the 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 letters or whatever, mm-hmm. it seemed like some of them kind of. I don't know, maybe glowed a little bit or, or he saw something in it. I don't know if that was just the problem with the, it, it, yeah, no, I, I, I think that you're onto something. Okay. The, if you remember back to the Jedi temple episode where we saw the inquisitor uh, as the, the temple guard, mm-hmm. um, he said something to Kanan and that was the, the dark side calls to Ezra. Right. It's calling to him. So um, yeah, so I did see something. Yeah, there. Okay. and and very much like Luke, because Ezra is older, and because of, in particular with Ezra, because of what he's gone through as a child, uh, and losing his parents, especially recently having that been confirmed that his parents are dead, um, 
I think the dark side calls to him more than ever. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we see it right at the end of the episode, right? Um, yeah. We'll talk about yeah. more in more detail when we get there. But okay. yeah. but that there is there is something inside him that is unlocking something in this Sith temple, and right. uh, I think Kanan Kanan acknowledges it, but he is trying to ignore it. Um, or, or at least trying to not feed it, um, which I think is probably a little bit more accurate than, than trying to ignore it. Um, but I think that Darth Maul immediately recognizes it, right? Uh, Maul, Maul feeds him a few of the, uh, and it's so good. I mean, nobody writes the dark side as well as, as, as Dave Filoni and his team. Uh, his influence is so good because we saw this time and time again in the Clone Wars um, with Dooku and with Palpatine, uh, especially with Palpatine. The most dangerous thing about the Sith is that they don't lie, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. They tell yeah. you the truth that you want to hear, and and it's the truth that's going to move you down that path. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it, Maul says some stuff that's very similar to what Palpatine says in in Revenge of the Sith, where you know it's like you know there's only one way to access this power, and it's through the dark side, and mm-hmm. the Jedi might ignore that, but you don't have to ignore that. Um, it, yeah, like that power is within you. You just have to seize it. And when oh, oh man, I'm getting ahead of myself. We should we should continue. <laughs> yeah, go we ahead, go ahead. Uh, the group walks closer to investigate, and Chopper informs them that he's picked up the trail of an incoming ship. Kanan worries that they soon won't be alone. Ahsoka explains to Ezra that the knowledge they are seeking is the forbidden kind. To defeat your enemy, you have to understand them. Pressing onward, they discover the, gr- the ground of their surroundings is scorched. Ezra also finds a green-bladed crossguard lightsaber, ignites it, and it burns out. This was a battlefield, Kanan speculates. Uh, whoops, I, my uh, my screen went dark for a second there. Uh, remembering her Jedi teachings, Ahsoka believes that a battle took place when the Jedi attacked the Sith Temple, but it ended in a draw. Ezra believes the whole planet of Malachor is some sort of riddle. Before Ezra can finish his sentence, an Inquisitor strikes. Suddenly, the ground falls through again, sending Ezra abruptly down another level of the temple. Um, so yeah, the, here this is the interesting thing. Malachor mm. is some sort of riddle, and clearly it is because we find yeah. out by the end of this episode that that's not a temple; it's a weapon, right? Yes. And that that the Death Star is not the first time. And <laughs> the the yeah. thing that I really enjoy about this is that this is, um, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that are going to agree with me on this. This is very much referencing Knights of the Old Republic, oh, um, yeah. and. And stuff that happens within that, because the 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 Sith are constantly trying to build super weapons or or uh, gather weapons that uh, that can help them uh, defeat their enemies. So um, this this is one of those instances uh, where uh, where you know we 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 stumbled upon the Sith. Uh, up to no good, up to their usual hijinks of trying to, I think, destroy planets. That's what this thing looks like. I mean, like... Uh, yeah, it's like a Starkiller base. Yeah, it looks very much like a Starkiller base sort of situation. Same where type of feel, yeah. yeah. It's, it's somehow using the, the planet itself to 
to uh, fire these this beam that it, that it was charging up. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I obviously there's a lot of Force Awakens references in this. There's even uh, there's even a musical cue that I don't agree with because I think that Kevin Kiner should not touch some of the stuff that he touches, but he does it anyways because it's there and it mm-hmm. kind of annoys me. Um, the, I mean, I'm not going to remember it when we get to that point, but so I'll just talk about it now. In the moment, yeah. there there's a point where they're going up the 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 temple. And right. it plays part of the Star Killer theme, theme, um, mm-hmm. which which is the music that plays when Star Killer base is destroying the Hosnian system. Mm-hmm. Um, the Force Awakens is now on digital download, so I assume that everybody has seen it. Yeah. I, <laughs> those aren't even spoilers anymore. Yeah, um, no. nice catch though, Dan. I it, so it's in there. And and for me, it doesn't enhance that moment. What it does is it takes away because it pulls me out. Because it makes me go like, oh, oh, he's playing the Star Killer theme. I uh, it's a little bit on the nose because it is another super weapon. Um, but it also like, it's just he's done this twice now since the the Force Awakens came out, where he's used Force Awakens themes mm-hmm. to. Uh, to like it, it, within Star Wars Rebels, and I just don't think like the John Williams did such a great job of separating the Force Awakens that era from the original trilogy, and this story takes place within the original trilogy. And yes, the, there are callbacks, and in the in the prequels, there are call forwards, uh, calls forward to to the original trilogy but i it just he keeps he's he's using them because he can not because he should and and it, it just bugs me a little bit but yeah um his his musical choices have always kind of bugged me a little bit so um even back during the clone wars but the thing about the clone wars is that he composed a lot more original music in the clone wars and and i appreciated that more than i appreciate how much he samples within uh, within Rebels, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a little bit. It's a little bit too much, in my opinion. But yeah. Anyways, well, well here's also. Um, I love finding out that, like you said, this was the direct. Like we're all thinking Kotor when we see this, mm-hmm. and there was a battle here, and I want to know more about what happened at this battle. It's like, oh man, yeah. this is where I wish we could have, you know, episodes like maybe shorten the season up and expand on maybe this kind of story. You could have, you could have made this season yeah. finale more than even two episodes. You could have made it probably four if you wanted to stretch it out and get deeper into it. So I kind of wish they, they, they went that route. But, um, and then also, of course, we're also introduced to another Sith Inquisitor. We get the eighth yep. brother. So he's a Django jumper. Uh, we don't really see his face or anything. Like that. He always, he's only here for one episode. But uh, <laughs> spoiler alert! No, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, ooh, I, I want to know more about that battle, man. And and of course, we see Ezra pick up the the cross guard saber, and you know, obviously here we're talking more Force Awakens influence and stuff like that. So think what you will about that. How Kylo maybe was trained in what happened. You know, maybe there's some kind of class with the Jedi yeah. that they go over, where they go over old weapons and old tactics and old and old battles, like much like you would in a history class, Mike. And maybe he, 
as Kyler was a kid, he, oh man, I like this idea of having a cross guard. And then he makes one himself. I don't know. What do you think? Whatever you think. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of uh, plenty of stuff out there to yes. to make your own decisions. But I thought that was really cool. Well, I, I maintain that Kylo Ren didn't build that lightsaber himself. Um, oh, <clears throat> and that much like Luke inherits a lightsaber, I think that Snoke gave him that. Ah, okay. And uh, gotcha. I think that there's a possibility that Snoke would That's know Snoke a heck saber? of a lot about about maybe this Sith temple or other ancient stuff. Because I think, I think one of the reasons why Snoke looks the way that he does is because he's been around for thousands of years. I think, I think that he's a dark side user. Like we, we saw what happens after, you know, a few decades to Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think with Snoke, you're looking at what happens after, you know, uh, eras pass (laughs) and, and you make it uh, millennia. Yeah. Um, uh, from you know the ancient Sith to to now, um, so I, I think there might be something going on along. Those I like lines, that. But. I like that analogy. I like that theory. And and you're right. Maybe yeah. he had, he had something. Maybe that was even Snoke's saber, or maybe Snoke yeah. told him, "Hey, maybe make a saber like that." Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep going here. A slumped over and shrouded figure emerges, and Ezra ignites his lightsaber and remains guarded. The mysterious figure tells him. He has been living alone in the dark for years without speaking to anyone, but not by choice. After his ship crashed, he's been stranded here. Ezra knows as uh, he knows Ezra's motives. The knowledge Ezra seeks is in the temple, but the old man can't open the door without his help. The young uh, the young one comes closer and lets the stranger lead him to the doorway. Finally, he reveals his identity. Ship crashed. I'm trapped, marooned. I've had to scrounge and scrape to survive. Look, I'm sorry. Okay, I wish I could help you, but I have to get back to my friends. Well, perhaps I could help you. Uh, I doubt that. Why are you here? I'm not going to tell you that. You came for the same reason I did years ago. You seek knowledge. It's in the temple, isn't it? And I know the secret way to get inside, but but I'm too old. I, I, I need help to open the door. What's inside? Help me and find out. Show me this doorway. Please, this way. You first. Trust me. I don't know you. Well, then let's change that. Call me Old Master. And you? Call me Jabba. Come then, Jabba. You know, like I, I said, like I thought we might see Maul in a different light and for the first part of this episode uh, they had me fooled um, I thought it was going well not uh, not entirely fooled but but they had it going pretty good and of course we got the introduction of Maul to, to Rebels here and, and such a different Maul you know he's frail he appears to be frail you know he, ha- he has a great scam going right here right and you're almost mm-hmm. sympathetic like I was like oh man I, I'm really digging this. I, the, the way the voice is so much different. He's got that tone to where he's he's playing it up so well. He's he's drawing Ezra in, and Ezra's obviously very 
intrigued by this. And uh, he's just, you know, he's setting, you know, Maul's out there just setting that hook for this. And uh, he's getting ready to, to yank that rod and just reel this kid in. So first introduction to Maul, I love it. I love the way Whitwer has a whole different vibe. And God, it's just so different. Like from from the first time we saw Maul to to where he's come and to see this stuff and what, he, what we get in this episode. Man, yeah. what character arc. And man, if you, you got to be a fan of this now. Even, no matter what you thought about how he came back. I mean, yeah. what they're doing now is so great. What do you think? The, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's completely and utterly ridiculous because Darth Maul died in The Phantom Menace, right? We all saw yeah. him get cut in half and fall down a bottomless pit, right? I, I, we all saw that. And yet... Dave Filoni, and I mean, obviously, George. it was George's idea to begin with. Let's bring back Darth Maul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's introduce where he comes from and tell his backstory. Uh, and introduce Savage Opress and, and the Night Sisters and all of that. Um, and tie it all together. Uh, which was great, obviously. It's it's one of the highlights of the Clone Wars. I mean, I think that that really uh, some of the best episodes of that series have to do with Darth Maul's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm completely and utterly biased, and I realize that because a lot of it ties into Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> but it, I think it's also one of the reasons why Obi-Wan has become uh, such a, a, a pivotal and important character to me beyond just what he is in the movies. Because within the Clone Wars... Obi-Wan becomes this incredible character. Um, a lot of it having to do with his arc and how it how it relates to Darth Maul's arc. So to have Darth Maul's story continue on into Star Wars Rebels is just I mean like it's if you would if you think back to to 1999 when we were all getting ready to sit down and watch The Phantom Menace, we thought that Darth Maul was going to be around for a long time and that he mm-hmm. was going to be the new Darth Vader and, you know, oh, he looks so awesome and he does all this martial arts stuff and he has a double-bladed lightsaber and he's so cool. And then it was kind of heartbreaking when he dies at the end of that movie because all that potential seemed lost. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're one of those people that's like, it's stupid that they brought back Darth Maul, um, I think that you're stupid. And uh, you're wrong because it's awesome that they brought back Darth Maul. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think, it, you know, it, it it almost corrected a mistake from yeah. the Phantom Menace mm-hmm. by saying like, oh, we didn't tell any of his story in that movie. We know nothing about Darth Maul. And so now, you know, when you it, it's it's very funny because I, I find this a lot when I go back to the prequels. Um, I love Clone Wars so much, and I think that Clone Wars does such a great job of telling these stories that it almost does a better job of telling the story of these characters than the movies do, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the prequel era at least. And, and when you go back and you watch The Phantom Menace and you compare it to the story that Darth Maul has in the Clone Wars and the character of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ray Park does a great job at the martial arts and uh, Peter Serafinowicz does a great voice, mm-hmm. but I just feel like they pale in comparison to Sam Witwer and and the animators at, at Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, because Darth Maul is just so much better in in all of this. And and I, 
the greatest thing about his character is that he's so unpredictable. Never thought he was going to come back. Yeah. Uh, he comes back. He has robot legs. That's really cool. I, uh, I, you know, he's got the big robot raptor legs, and you think like, man, how much cooler could Darth Maul even get? That's the best. And then he he comes back again, and he rallies the the Mandalorians with uh, with a bunch of other crime lords, and basically takes over the underworld. And then has a bunch of Mandalorians at his beck and call who all have like Mandalor like Darth Maul styled Mandalorian armor and he ends up with the Darksaber. And you're like, this is the coolest character ever. <laughs> uh, it, uh, for the bad guys. Like it, like how much cooler does it get than this? And then I uh, and then it, he seems to be defeated and yet he escapes from from uh, the you know the prison that that Palpatine puts him in, and uh, and who knows what he's been up to in the interim. But now he returns again, but not as uh, the awesome hardcore Darth Maul that we've seen the last few times that we saw him. He has a new approach this time, and yes. that's as the dark side version of Yoda. And good point. Yeah, great like, point. It's so odd because he does exactly what Yoda does, um, and and the moment that I will point you to is is when Ezra is he's got his lightsaber and he's got it pointed at right at Darth Maul, right. and Maul says says lower your weapon I mean you no harm and that <laughs> is a direct reference to Yoda saying away put your weapon I mean you no harm right like that it's it's a direct callback to something that hasn't even happened yet um and 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 it 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 tells us a lot about where this story is going with Mm -hmm. ezra and darth maul and i for one am all for it i think it's going to be awesome i'm really excited about it um we talked a little bit about it i i I, or no i said maybe i no i talked with matt campbell i'm mixing up my mats um (laughs) I uh, I think that they're setting it up for for Ezra to become Star Killer, uh, from the Force ah. Awakens or for the, from the Force Unleashed. Right. I uh, that that they're retconning the story of the Force Unleashed into Star Wars Rebels. Um. And yeah, I I always thought that that this show was gonna be what Rogue One has ended up being, uh, and instead it's gonna end up being very much what what. Um, what the Force Unleashed was, and uh, you know when we get to to Kanan's big moment in this in this uh, two parter, mm-hmm. uh, I'll talk more about why I think that's the case. Okay, yeah, I know. I it's it's starting to seem like that, and like you said with earlier, you talked about how he you might we might see him as a Ram Koda look to him. So yeah, very interesting. Very uh, very interesting. Go ahead, Michael. Keep going. Uh, meanwhile, Kanan and Ahsoka continue to chase the Inquisitor. It is rare that the Jedi are hunting the enemy and not the other way around. I don't think he was looking for us, Kanan says. Then who is he tracking? Ahsoka asks. Chopper interrupts on the comm, and Kanan orders him to find this mysterious ship that he's tracked. Ezra and Old Master discuss the Inquisitors. The man tells the Padawan that all Inquisitors and their masters are his enemy. Leaving Ezra to guess, uh, sorry, to guess he may be a Jedi or a Sith. Ezra sadly declares he knows how the old master feels. 
His sorrow turns to anger as he describes what the Empire has done to him. He doesn't want revenge, he wants justice. Old Master assures him he will help him get justice if they get to the temple and defeat the Sith. No, no, but I was once a force wielder long ago, long, long ago. Then you're a Sith. The Sith. The Sith took everything from me, ripped me from my mother's arms, murdered my brother, used me as a weapon, and then cast me aside, abandoned me. Once I had power, now I have nothing. Nothing. I know how you feel. The Empire, it took away my home, and my mother, and my father. And you want revenge. I want justice. Yes. Yes, and you shall have it. For I have discovered the key. The key to what? The key to destroying the Sith. That is the knowledge inside the temple? Yes, that temple holds secrets of the Sith. Secrets that have been buried with the dead for thousands of years. And you'll share this knowledge with me? Yes. Yes, of course. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he continues to prey on Ezra. And it's a kind of a scary moment as Ezra admits his anger and says he knows how he feels. He knows how Maul feels. And Maul acts on that, that sort of frustration and that built up like tension and anger that that Ezra's been holding about his parents and all that so he's 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 preying on that and a couple like a couple things going on here and i love the part too that maul he realizes that he was just a weapon um and and, you know as far as the sith goes i mean there's one to have the power and one to crave it and he never got to do it this the latter part of it you know he was he was out as you said mike out pretty quick but he's he does realize that he was just part of um of palpatine's grand scheme and and it was kind of neat realization there where he he knows he was just a weapon and he wants to change that now and uh as far as the beginning too there's a couple things going on here kanan and ahsoka are after the inquisitor and wonder why you know they wonder why he's there and i'm just wondering is it either vader or the emperor that Mm -hmm. sense that there was going to be this group all congregating on Malachor. And he's like, you know what? Send everybody, send all the inquisitors, get rid of them. Um, and then Vader in the back of his mind, he goes, well, maybe there's a chance I could, you know, turn one or, or make one an apprentice or stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, what do you think of this section here? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what I was talking about. I, mm-hmm. I yeah. all obviously sees something in, in Ezra that mm-hmm. uh, that he can turn to his advantage. Um, yeah. M- immediately, he needs, uh, uh, like, a sort of, in the more immediate sense, I should say, he needs someone to help him get into the temple, um, as we'll find out in a minute, mm-hmm. uh, which the sequence takes entirely too long. But, um, yeah, like, he needs somebody to help him get into the temple to get right. past its its entrance. Uh, but in the long run, he knows that he needs an apprentice. He needs if if he's going to, um, if he's going to become the new Dark Lord of the Sith, or, or if that's even his his aim. And I don't know that it is. Right. But I think I think his aim might actually be to destroy the Sith, just like the Jedi want to. But uh, his his reasons, uh, uh, 
are are very different. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think that that he sees that opportunity with with Ezra. Um, I think much like Yoda sending them here, something brought Maul to Malachor at this time. Like people say a lot of the time when they're talking about Star Wars, and this is one of the complaints with with the Force Awakens. Oh, it's a small galaxy, right? Like all of these things happen to occur, and uh, if that's how you feel, a I mean, they're, it's mythology. So, yeah, of course, you know, Ray and Finn end up on the Millennium Falcon and Han Solo ends up finding them when they're on the Millennium Falcon. Of course that's what happens. It's it's a story and it's a mm-hmm. mythology and that's how it's supposed to happen. But uh, you're also just not paying attention to Star Wars and the Force. Mm-hmm. Was it not a massive coincidence that Princess Leia happened to be on the run from uh, uh, the Dar- from Darth Vader with the plans to the Death Star and and goes to Tatooine. Now I know like obviously she's going there to recruit Obi-Wan Kenobi, but if not for that, if not for for Bale saying to to Leia like you need to get the plans and then go get Obi-Wan Kenobi, I you know like it's time for us to 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 fight back against the Empire and, and, and defeat Palpatine. Um, then Luke never joins the fight, right? Like, right. the droids the droids just happen to land, get picked up by the, the, the Jawas, and end up with uh, with Luke. And so Luke ends up with Obi-Wan. And, Obi- and, like, even though Leia never finishes her mission her mission is finished anyways. And the same thing happens in The Force Awakens. And and something very similar is happening here. Something brought Darth Maul to Malachor. Mm-hmm. It also brought... Ana- oh, sorry, Anakin. Ahsoka, uh, um, Ezra, and Kanan. And it it also brought Vader. Uh, right. Because it, because it brings the Inquisitors. It ends up bringing Vader. Mm-hmm. And... Um, all of these characters all end up on the same planet at the same time. I mean, really think about that. You have our three rebel heroes, you've got Darth Vader, you have Darth Maul, and you have three Inquisitors. All in the same place, all at the same time. Now, obviously, the season's been building towards this conflict, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, like, there are organic things that that indicate why this has happened, but, and there are, like I just said, there were organic things that indicate why, why, you know the Death Star plans and R two and three PO end up with Luke and everything plays out the way that it does. But at the end of the day, there is one very good reason why this always seems to happen in the Star Wars galaxy, and that's the Force. Mm-hmm. It's obviously guiding everybody's motions, everybody's everybody's actions. Right. And the reason why they're all ending up here together at the same time is is that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and that's because the the force has big plans for these characters yeah and uh and and you know we know what that is for vader but for everybody else we have no idea yeah so. yeah yeah you know it's as as maul's talking here and i'm still they still got me fooled a little bit here because i'm still yeah. thinking like man it's, it's still going I'm, I'm waiting for this turn from maul and i'm not seeing it yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I, maybe he is. Maybe he's going to be helping them. Because if Darth Vader can be redeemed, then anybody can be redeemed. Yeah. And so I'm still, I'm, they still got me here. I will continue. Chopper makes his way to the Inquisitor's TIE fighter. He hops inside before the enemy can get away. 
Ahsoka and Kanem have him caught. Ezra and his companion reach their destination. Old Master explains the key to unlocking the temple. He knows much about the Sith, but only because he must know them in order to defeat them, or so he claims. Ezra reaches out and, be and begins to use the Force to open the temple door. He forgets the Jedi way and uses his emotions, opening and closing doors with the help of his new friend. Ezra has come to trust his new friend and consequently divulges his real name. Old Master explains that he has a real name, had a real name long ago, but can't remember. Now I am called Maul. So two things here. One I'm going to just touch briefly on uh, as Ezra is, um, this is the holocron part where he has, I think he has the holocron at this point. Uh, does he have the Hulk at this point? No, uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay, I'll wait, I'll wait on that. <laughs> yeah. So so the main thing coming out of this for me was I was watching Ezra use the Force, and, I, and you can it cuts back and forth between him and Maul. And there's a point in the very first door where Maul looks at him, and he I think he says, you know, let's open the doors together. But yeah. Maul's not helping him. At least he's not showing any physical um, motion as to where he's helping Ezra open doors. So it seems like he's testing Ezra like, Let's see if he can open a door by himself. You know, let's see how how powerful this kid is. And I think he's testing him at that, at least at that first door, Mike. I don't know if you noticed that. And yeah. he kind of he kind of gives Ezra a look like he's watching him. Like, hmm, okay, he is. He's showing some some things here. And this is where maybe Maul's thinking, or maybe he already started thinking that I can use this kid as an apprentice. Let's see how powerful he is. I don't. Did that come across to you as far as that first door, maybe? Yeah, for sure. I, I think one of the things that's happening here is that Maul is 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 presenting Ezra with moments to see how far he can bend him. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, the the best thing about the Sith is when they don't lie in order to trick you into going down the dark path, right? Mm -hmm. um, when they when they tell you the truth, and so Maul is is only telling him the truth that is convenient only the truth that's going to to get Ezra to do what he wants but um but he is leading him down this dark path he's he's telling him you know in order to do this if you if you want to do this you're going to have to give in to your emotions you're going and and he has the whole speech about where it's basically the 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 code of the sith where he says you know you need to break your chains and and uh, I, all, all that whole, the whole thing that he says is is taken from the code of the sith mm -hmm. um and i uh, and and it's really interesting because he puts it in a way that um and this is what makes the the villains in star wars so interesting that from his perspective what he is doing is the right thing. And it's because Darth Maul has been, and we hear it later, right? Like he's been basically abused. I mean, that's the yeah, situation. Yeah. He wants revenge on Palpatine and Vader because I, I, he was cast aside. Like he was taken from his family mm -hmm. who were then murdered by the, the same Sith that took him. I, uh, and, and raised, as a killing machine for as a tool for for their right. ends and so within the sith code he finds strength right because it's like the, the sith code is very much the the jedi code is very much about being at one with the force and being allowing yourself to be used by the force and not and not allowing your inner 
desire to cloud that that judgment whereas the sith code is very much about finding the power within yourself to uh to to break the chains of oppression right like that's what it's about but uh obviously that that power ends up being turned towards evil because in order to to keep power you have to oppress others Mm -hmm. right so like there's a there's an interesting um there's an interesting cycle that goes on there with the Sith and with evil, but uh, but from from sorry from Maul's perspective here, he believes that he is in the right. He doesn't believe that he's evil, and and neither does Vader, and and I don't think even Palpatine believes that he's evil, um, and certainly Kylo Ren doesn't. No, right, um, and and that's that that has always been the interesting thing about about the dark side within Star Wars and and this is a great example of it and he's using that perspective to manipulate Ezra into following him down the dark path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as far as Maul and this particular scene here, um, the doors also just I'll just I'll just touch on some of the sound effects too, like. Yeah. As he's opening the doors, it sounds like um, like a lion or a tiger or something. It's this low, like really guttural yeah. growl, and it was just a great sound effect to add to this Sith um, kind of Sith world. Obviously, Malachor here, so it was, I love the sound design on that too. So, um, and Maul actually says he he says exactly what Ahsoka says earlier about you know knowing your def- enemy, uh, yeah, or defeating her, you have to know him. So it's kind of Oh, they're both saying the same thing here. So real yeah. real man. Go ahead, Michael. Keep going. Uh, Ahsoka and Kanan have caught the Inquisitor and now interrogate him. He reveals there are many more Inquisitors and nothing can save them. He was not expecting them, saying that he is on Malachor hunting a shadow, not the rebel Jedi. Ezra and Maul come upon the Sith holocron, holding all the information they need. Ezra tells Maul to throw him with the Force, and he is able to retrieve the artifact. Then the walls start to shake. Kanan orders Chopper to get back to the Phantom and prepare for an escape. So I, the, this was interesting because I like it when Ezra says, like, Kanan and I do it all, or my master and I do it all the time. Yeah. Well, a <laughs> yeah. couple times. Uh, and and, uh, and it, it, they do use that. What They've been setting that up, which I thought was really cool. Like, they've... They've done it a few times recently, and now here's Ezra saying, "Like you can, you can just use the force to toss me across the chasm." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he says, "Mike, as far as the beginning of this, um, Ahsoka and, and Kanan are interrogating the Eighth Brother, right?" And he says yeah. he's looking for a shadow. <clears throat> so yeah. keep that in mind because that's going to come to play here, and just in a, just a few more minutes, we're going to get an yeah. answer to that. Uh, the Padawan continues to trust Maul, risking dangerous feats to help him. Ahsoka and Kanan stand on the outside of the Sith Temple with the Inquisitor. They're soon joined by the Seventh Sister and Fifth Brother Inquisitors. Maul shows Ezra that the Holocron has the power to open doors. He opens one, revealing Ahsoka and Kanan battling the Inquisitors. Ezra says he brought Maul to help, but those who are familiar with him think otherwise. The dark side and the light begin to battle. Maul works against the Inquisitors, showing he has no allegiances. Morning. Ezra! Kanan! Ahsoka! I brought help! Maul! The Shadow. What fun! <laughs> what fun! <laughs> so, 
are true. Darth Maul lives. Formerly Darth. Now just Maul. Ezra, step away from him. Kanan, I swear he's on our side. Perhaps my actions will speak louder than words. And what a what a cool moment of lightsaber action here when you get Maul coming in and mm -hmm. and again I, this is where I'm really I'm really I'm thinking man he is he is he's on their side this is this is going to be a turning point for Maul so I'm still hook line and sinker right now uh, which was so good and and there's this is the the portion Mike where uh, Maul just before this they're walking and Ezra they have the the holocron and he says something to. He says something to Ezra, and I'm just going to say that. That's all I'm going to say for now, and we'll get back to that at the end of this episode, and I'm, we'll, we'll call back to this particular scene. Yeah. So keep in the back of your minds, and we'll get there. Um, but, Mike, we get oh, – and another thing, we didn't mention it, but I'll mention it just now because it's kind of weird. A lot of people, and myself included, had a little bit of a – one of those, I don't know about this, about that flying helicopter lightsabers from the Inquisitors. Yeah, that was obnoxious. That was a that was a silly cartoon <laughs> thing. And yeah. I'm not I'm not yeah. considering that canon. That was just um that was just a thing that they did in this episode because it looked neat. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh I don't know about that. But uh Yeah, that you know, we, that was silliness, but but whatever. Yeah. And, and, and Star Wars, right? Like, uh, you know, Boba Fett's jetpack also makes no sense. <laughs> These little tiny nozzles that put out, like, sparks, and yet he's able to fly. Like, no, that's silly. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one of those ones where, like you said, you kind of just throw that out. I mean, the Quizzers, as yeah. of right now, all, well, we'll get there. But one of those, just like, okay, this, they're just kind of playing to the, the younger kids on that one. Yeah. But, um yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of people had an issue with that too. I, I saw a lot of stuff online like, "What's with the helicopter blades?" I don't get it. Yeah. So uh, we kind of joined your sentiment on that one, but it's okay. Uh, let's let's keep going, Mike, and I will talk about this yeah. next section here. Uh, the Seventh Sister Inquisitor questions Maul's motives, assuming he has already taken the holocron. Ahsoka asks Maul about the game he seems to be playing. As the enemy of their enemy, Maul believes they can work together, but he warns that Vader will be coming soon. Kanan is not convinced that Maul will help them take on Vader, or that Maul is really on their side. Ezra assures his master to trust him and shows them the holocron. Ahsoka states there's no way a Jedi can open a Sith holocron, but Maul assures the Padawan that he can unlock the temple itself. He needs to connect the holocron to the obelisk in the chamber. Kanan is skeptical, but agrees. Maul leads the way. So the, I believe it's in this section where the eighth brother calls, and I think it was during the fight, and I didn't get the chance to pull that, but um, he calls him the shadow. So yeah. there's the correlation where you saw earlier or you heard earlier about the shadow. So um, so there's your answer right there. Yeah. The shadow is Darth Maul. So they were there looking for the shadow. And I think that I believe also in around this time, there's a section or there's a part where the camera shows Maul and he kind of looks up to the sky and almost like he feels the maybe the oncoming presence that Vader is on his way. Yeah. Uh, is that what you got from that? Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think there's a moment of that. Yeah. Sure. So so uh, he feels like, uh oh, Vader's on his way. He knows how powerful Vader is. He, his plan automatically has to start 
jumping up. He has to accelerate it. You know, he can't he can't like slow play this thing anymore, like with yeah. the Yoda style. So that's where this turn happens. Um, and uh, we'll keep going here, Mike. Uh, uh, I think we're on Kanan and Ezra argue. Is that where we're yeah, at here? Yeah. Kanan and Ezra argue about Maul's intentions until they are joined by an Inquisitor in the fight, lifted by blades of his uh, lifted by blades of his lightsaber. Kanan is knocked over, and the Inquisitor fights Ezra for the holocron. Maul strikes just in time, sending the Inquisitor careening away, his saber acting like a helicopter blade. Kanan agrees to split the group up. The logical choice pairing Maul with the weakest of the Jedi. Maul instructs Ezra to find the same strength inside him that he used by the Sith, that is used by the Sith. Fighting without mercy or remorse will make them victorious. Remembering Kanan's teachings, Ezra questions himself. So again, we're going back and forth here. Ezra's yeah. fighting himself and finding what he's supposed to do. Kanan also, like, I think you said this, you mentioned this earlier, and, and you're right, Mike, about Kanan knows, like, something's going on, but he's... He's not addressing it like he should be. He's kind of letting things go, and um, it's—I don't know. It's obviously going to come back to bite him, but yeah, yeah. but but it is. He has these opportunities where he can nip the stuff in the bud, but but he's not doing it, or he can't do it. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> uh, then the seventh sister approaches, and while Kanan and Ahsoka are immediately met by the fifth brother. Uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. And and while Kanan and Ahsoka are immediately met by the fifth brother. Maul raises the seventh sister and orders Ezra to strike her down, but he can't. Maul takes care of it for him and hurls his saber at the female Inquisitor, killing her. The next time you hesitate like that, it may cost your life. Uh, or the lives of your friends, Maul scolds. Ezra is told to quickly place the holocron in the obelisk to activate the temple and gain the knowledge he seeks. Maul descends to help Kanan and Ahsoka defeat the remaining Inquisitors. He does so easily, sending them both plunging to their death. Kanan asks where Ezra is, and in an instant, the dark side force wielder slashes Kanan in the face with his double-bladed lightsaber. The Jedi falls, covering his eyes. Ahsoka takes up arms. Where's Ezra? You mean my apprentice? is activating the temple, or more precisely, this battle station, which I shall use to exact my revenge on all my enemies. And there you go, Mike. We get, we finally get the, what's going on with Maul's ultimately his, his intention is. It finally yeah. comes out, and they had me. I was like, oh man, how. Of course he's gonna do that. You know how could I be so stupid to think that he was gonna be going to the to uh, to help out? And and hey, that's exactly what our characters went through. They they were buying it for a minute, especially Ezra. You know, yeah. Kanan still had his doubts, and Ahsoka I'm sure had her doubts too. But yeah. man, he got him, man. And wow, what a scene! You know, I thought this is. We all probably thought this was the end of Kanan. I, we, I thought he was dead. And to see him just get blinded, wow! What did you think, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially after Maul so easily defeats the the Inquisitors that have been uh, hounding our our Jedi, as well as the third one that we've never even met before. Uh, 
he just like he dispatches them like he, he just takes care of them so quickly and so you're going like uh oh uh oh Darth Maul is like he was playing the old fool Right. For a while there, like like the oh I'm the old master and you know walking around with his cane and everything. Turns out that the cane's actually a lightsaber. Turns out that that he he can actually hold his own in a fight. He can or continue to hold his own in a fight. <clears throat> and then here we find out that like now that his end game is is in reach, like now he's going to unleash. Now, mm-hmm. now he's no longer like he's no longer holding back. Uh, right. It doesn't benefit him to have the the inquisitors around to help uh, sell the fact that he's a good guy. Ezra's not there. He's he's heading towards the the obelisk to to fire the or to power up the battle station, and uh, so that so that Maul can use it to defeat his enemies. Um, and in this moment, he has one opportunity to defeat the Jedi. And and no one will stand in his way, right? Yeah. Um, and then you know when Darth Vader gets there, Maul and Darth Vader will fight, and Maul thinks that he can beat Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he underestimates Ahsoka, for sure. I think that he thinks you know like like I don't know. Did they ever? Did they ever meet face to face? Well, here's the thing. She obviously like she knows him because she says yeah. him, and then he says calls her Lady Tano in a little bit. Um, I don't think they did though. I don't think that they ever did during the Clone Wars. Maybe they did in between, but um, I don't. I doubt that because she seems pretty surprised to see that he's even alive. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, it, it doesn't surprise me that she knows who he is, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't surprise me that that Maul knows who Ahsoka Tano is because. Uh, Darth Maul is a very, um, I mean, you wouldn't know it from the Phantom Menace, but he is a very intelligent, calculating uh, bad guy. And so uh, Ahsoka is very closely linked with Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, I mean, when Maul says to defeat all of my enemies, (laughs) he's not just talking about Palpatine. Yeah. Like he, that fire still burns. He still wants revenge against Obi Wan Kenobi. Which I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if it doesn't happen in season three, it's gonna happen in season four. But Obi Wan's gotta be coming back. Yeah. You cannot bring back Darth Maul without bringing back Obi Wan Kenobi. If they do, then I will be very upset. But you know, like man, maybe this is setting up a movie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. You never know. You never know. How awesome yeah. would that be? How awesome <laughs> would that be for for them to set up the the Obi Wan Kenobi standalone? Because I just recently saw yet another interview with Ewan McGregor where um, where he says, "I'm all for it. I would love to play that character again. I think there's still a story to tell." And then in this interview, the interviewer says, "Have you talked to Kathleen Kennedy?" And and the first time he asks, Ewan. Uh, dodges the question and talks about yes. something else and then the second time he asks he says mm, I can't talk about it right I can't I can't talk I can't go there that's a um, clue which says to me that he has had the conversations he's yeah. talked to them and I think what's happening is that right now they're putting together the team I think that Josh Trank's movie fell through 
And yeah. I think that they that they're very quickly scrambling to figure out what's going to fill that gap. Um, they I think they pushed up the Han Solo movie in order to to fill that immediately, but it still means like they've got a movie on the slate that they need to get going. And like, oh, do we continue with this uh, rumored Boba Fett thing, or do we go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going. I think they're leaning towards Obi Wan Kenobi. I think that I think that they sure, yeah. that they're gonna tell the story of Kenobi and man, they would be stupid not to tell it in three parts. Oh yeah. You got twenty years. You have twenty years nineteen, sure, I yeah. guess, technically, to tell a story. And uh, and I think that you can start with uh, with a story of Obi Wan arriving on, on Tatooine and like like let's go five years after so that'll that'll uh and and i think you lead it right up to five years before and five years before guess guess what's going on this is what's going on right now Mm -hmm. um and so to have maul in that third movie to have maul show up at the end um and and for it to seem like he's after luke but it turns out that what he's really after is is obi-wan um that would be the best. That would yeah. be the best. That yeah. I man, I would be so happy. <laughs> I and we'll, you know, like I said earlier, we'll talk about this later. There's something that Filoni says that yeah. obviously <clears throat> references that. But um, as far oh, here, as far as Maul goes, like we're talking about Maul here. Yeah. And all the way up to this point where he ultimately reveals. I mean, look at the stuff that has been going on. We've talked about it earlier. You know, Maul he appeals to Kanan and Ezra earlier about this sense of possibly defeating Vader. And he says, he even says, you know, I cannot defeat Vader alone. So he's praying, he's he is also preying on, on, on Kanan and Ahsoka a little bit and trying to sway them to her. Yeah. You know, that's a huge moment for them. It could be a huge blow to the Empire if they were to get rid of Vader because Motley Maul is trying to get them to help. Um, also, Maul preys on Ezra's emotions before this point. You know, he says, hey, can I count on you? And and he's thinking about it, and this it, it comes to this point where he has a chance to really test Ezra about killing the seventh sister. He's got her, yeah. you know. All he has to do is strike her down. This yep. obviously brings back Anakin moments with the Emperor, where Anakin obviously, you know, goes with that choice. Ezra doesn't here. He kind of backs off. He goes, "I can't do it." So another huge test by Maul to see where he's at as far as his. Um, transition maybe uh again you know some great stuff this is where I, this is where i i'm, I'm telling you man I, they had me hooked i'm like man he is really uh, not to that point but just before that when when maul's trying to get ezra and ahsoka to join him to beat vader i'm thinking man this is this is this is the point where they're going to turn him but then we get to this scene and, and it all kind of breaks down so some great stuff great writing great misdirection i thought and all the way up to this point to where Maul reveals what his ultimate goal is. So, man, what a what a way to go and what a great story. And uh, yeah. we keep going here. I'll continue, Mike. Meanwhile, the Padawan has reached the top of the temple with the holocron. It floats from his hands to the obelisk and sets off an electrical current paired with a female voice. The voice beckons. Ezra explains he is seeking knowledge. The voice tells him knowledge is power. And there is an explosion of light. A laser shoots from the top of the temple and up through the ground above. Maul battles Ahsoka, telling her that Ezra will soon be his 
and he cannot be stopped. Canaan, still holding his eyes, fumbles to grab a temple guard mask nearby. He dons the mask, orders Ahsoka to get Ezra, and takes her spot, uh, and take, takes her spot in the fight against Maul. Kanan and Maul exchange a quick burst of a combat until Kanan gets the upper hand. He grabs Maul by the wrist and hurls him off the side of the platform. He falls, yelling as he descends. Chopper's voice comes from the calm, and Kanan orders a pickup. But he learns there is a Tie Fighter en route. So, Mike, we got to talk about this scene here. Mm-hmm. This is the this is one of the standout scenes, and obviously, when I'm watching this, maybe a lot of you guys felt some some direct callbacks to like the the way this scene was shot it was kind of slow motion and you see maul as he steps and you you know you're getting the perspective of kanan he's blinded he has to go back to his original teachings and i'm so reminded of obi-wan and his and his lesson his first lesson to luke on the millennium falcon where he's like you know he says um uh, Obi-Wan says, a Jedi can feel the force flow through him. And and Luke goes, it controls your actions. And he, and Kenobi goes, partially, but it also obeys your commands. And yeah. Kanan was acting on his instinct right there. He's acting on all his teachings before where he's, he's taught without using his eyes. And he kind of lets go of his conscious self because, as, as I think Obi-Wan says, your eyes can deceive you. So what an incredible moment that was to see Kanan use all these teachings and he uses all of his other senses besides his eyes and and easily Mike easily defeats uh easily defeats Maul man incredible scene what do you think Mike yeah well i mean it's 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 so good i mean the 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 repercussions of what is going to happen here with Kanan are, are going to be felt throughout the rest of the series. This is yeah. a turning point for his character. Yeah. And like I said, um, I think where a lot of other characters and a lot of other stories, this would be a moment that would then lead to like conflict and, uh, and, and, and possibly weakening their character. Uh, I think for Kanan, this is only going to make him more powerful. And mm-hmm. I mean, it... <laughs> I'm so angry with myself. I'm so angry with myself because I love the Force Unleashed, and Rom Coda is one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. from that story. Um, I just think that he's such a great Jedi. I love his story that that he he doesn't work with the clones. He has a militia, and 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 like he's just such a unique Jedi. Um, and that's what I love about the Jedi is how each one can be so different from the next, and yet they're all part of the same order. And when he gets blinded by the apprentice uh, by star killer um and then you know i i by the end of it it reveals that like he always knew that star killer was was the apprentice like that that the, it was the same character cuz he ends up teaching him and ball right they, i mean play, play the force unleashed um they should do like a, a, a remastered version for PlayStation Four. That would be awesome, mm-hmm. um, with both games. I but I I it, I'm so upset with myself that like as much as I love Rom Coda and and his style and everything, uh, I did not notice that Kanan is a younger version of Rom Coda. That's mm-hmm. exactly what he looks like. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, like there are elements of Kanan's design that look a lot like Kyle Katarn as well from uh, from the the Dark Forces video games. But I think I think really if you put those two characters together, I mean he's got the blaster at his side, he's got that ribbed sweater. That's your Kyle Katarn. And then you look at the armor and then the way that like his hair and the and the goatee, that's Rom Koda. And they've really they've put those two characters together. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 now it, even more so than ever, he's swaying towards that Rom Coda. So I really, really feel like they are turning that character into Rom Coda. Not like that. Not that by the end of it he'll be exactly the same. But I feel like because the Force Unleashed has been taken out of the continuity um, by by the 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 reboot. Um, basically for for lack of a better term um by the disney reboot that um that they're they're filling in that gap because that character and that story was so perfect that story was such a great story for the creation of the rebellion that that i think that they're they're going to play out elements of that story with these characters instead with with uh ezra and with kanan and i it i'm so excited by that i mean yeah it's it's so good it's so good yeah um yeah. what they've done with kanan is the best i think yeah yeah it's what, what is standout scene like i said it really shows how how yeah. powerful he's become and without his sight it was just like i said <laughs> he's even way, more powerful than he was before yeah that's it right, right? you know it's, it's not, not a weakness it's it has made him stronger yeah it, it definitely yeah. has man it, it just i love the way they they tune the audience into what Kanan was doing and just you felt like oh man it was oh, it's an incredible scene it was like a standout scene uh, of this episode um, go ahead Mike we'll, if you want to do this uh, one I'll set it up <clears throat> where are we where are we Ezra's Ezra? still yeah Ezra's still at the top of the temple is told by the voice that he now has the power to destroy life realizing he was tricked by Maul the Padawan runs to find Ahsoka and Kanan but instead is met by the Sith Lord himself Darth Vader slowly descending atop his TIE fighter. They begin to battle. Vader assures him that his powers will soon serve the Emperor. Vader hurls a heavy blow at Ezra, knocking him over and breaking his lightsaber into pieces. Before Vader can continue, Ahsoka Tano arrives. Vader is seeking the remaining Jedi, but Ahsoka assures him he has killed them all. She acknowledges Vader's past as her master, though he dismisses it by calling Anakin weak. Ahsoka wants to avenge him. They ignite their lightsabers, and Ahsoka attacks. Perhaps I was wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. It was foretold that you would be here. Our long-awaited meeting has come at last. I'm glad I gave you something to look forward to. We need not be adversaries. The Emperor will show you mercy if you tell me where the remaining Jedi can be found. There are no Jedi. You and your Inquisitors have seen to that. Perhaps this child will confess what you will not. I was beginning to believe I knew who you were behind that mask. But it's impossible. My master could never be as vile as you. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his 
death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. I gotta tell you, I'm getting chills right now just listening to this. Unbelievable. One of the most incredible scenes and lines of dialogue in all of Star Wars, Mike. I... (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah. I am no Jedi. Can, are you serious? Is this incredible or what? I mean, come on. Yeah. I've watched this scene so many times. And- well, and, and the moment <laughs> the moment right before that where, where Vader slash Anakin says, Anakin was weak. I yes. destroyed him. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a moment where, like, I, that's where I wish that Kevin Kiner had the presence of mind to pull in some of the 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 force awakens themes because i think that that moment could have called for kylo ren's theme because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what kylo ren says to well not exactly but very close to what kylo ren says to uh i han solo right Mm -hmm. he like he was he was weak and foolish so i destroyed him yes right like and and it's like they're they're so uh, it's just it's it is awesome it is incredible when star wars echoes itself and that was one of those moments like this is why it's just so it's crazy it's 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 crazy the whole star wars saga it's Mm -hmm. generational and it's you know it's been going for 30 plus years uh i and and it it it's still like there's still more story to tell and there's still even though we end up telling the same stories over and over even months apart uh it it just reinforces sort of what we already know or it adds new depths of complexity or new layers onto the stories that we've already heard and this is just one of those examples of um you know, we, we've seen some of Ahsoka's story, but now we're getting the rest of it. I mean, her saying, I am no Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of like it, it almost it, it echoes in a different way when Luke says, you'll you'll never turn me. You failed, your highness. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Palpatine says, so be it. Jedi, and then you know, gives them the the old Force lightning. This is kind of that uh, the opposite of that, where where Palpat or where Vader is saying like, you know, uh, that's not the way of the Jedi, and and Ahsoka goes, I am no Jedi, and then and then they they do their battle, and and it's it's adding this cool layer to Star Wars that wasn't there before, but that is there now with the Force Awakens, where there's something other than the Sith. Mm-hmm. Right, there, there. Like Kylo Ren is—he's a knight. He's one of the knights of Ren. He's—he's—he's he, he's, he's something else. He's not a Sith, but he's not a Jedi. Um, and and Ahsoka is also something else. She's not a Jedi, but she's not a Sith either, right? And mm-hmm. like she, because obviously she she follows the the path of the light side, but. She's she's also something different, and it's just for so long everybody considered Star Wars to be this one thing. Mm-hmm. You have Jedi on one side, and then you have 
Or, I mean, more appropriately, you have the light side on one side and you have the dark side on the other, because the word Sith is never said in the original trilogy. Um, and then and then we got the prequels, and the prequels, the prequels reinforced that, right? Like, even more so. Like, there's the Jedi over here, and there's the Sith. And the Jedi represent the light, and the Sith represent the dark. Right up until... Revenge of the Sith. And by the end of Revenge of the Sith, you see Yoda come to the realization, Jedi does not mean light side. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that realization, in light of that, you go to the end of Return of the Jedi, Sith doesn't mean dark side because Anakin comes back from the, the dark side, from being a Sith. Um, and like... like and it all goes back and reflects what Obi-Wan says to Anakin, which is only Sith deal in absolutes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which I know is in of itself an absolute, but not really. Not not from the perspective that Obi-Wan was saying it. Uh, only Sith deal in absolutes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's saying only a Sith would deal in an absolute like that, right? Like that's sort of, you know, you got to kind of take it for what it is. But it's just like, so much of it is is reflecting one another and mirroring these other things and then what obi-wan says there i uh, it 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 really rings true when you look at kylo ren and snoke because they're not sith they don't deal in absolutes mm-hmm. they 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 don't follow the sith code kylo ren is something else right like he's he's this other thing and and it it's just all like it's it weaves together and with every piece of the story that they're telling now they're adding these new layers of complexity into what the force is and to what the jedi and the sith and the knights of ren and whatever ahsoka is uh and what and you know like along with that whatever ezra is because ezra is not quite a jedi and i don't think he's gonna be a sith i think he's gonna be something else um because we also have these inquisitors which are I think more like the Knights of Ren than they are like the Sith. Mm-hmm. I and obviously Vader. Vader alludes to the fact that like it, like had Vader won in this like and Ahsoka not been there, I think that Ezra would have been on 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 a path towards be, becoming an Inquisitor. That's what Vader is saying, right? Um, and it really it made me think just now hearing that that dialogue again. I would. Or not, not necessarily hearing, but the, uh, reading, reading through this, mm-hmm. uh, would, would there have been inquisitors during the time of Luke Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. And could Luke possibly have tangled with an inquisitor between Empire and Jedi? Is that why Shadows of the Empire doesn't count anymore? Like, is that why we're not talking <laughs> yeah. about Shadows of the Empire? Is that why the story that they, the the Journey to the Force Awakens story that they tell that takes place between Return of the uh, Empire and Jedi is about Princess Leia and not about Luke? Because we're not there yet. We're not ready to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And that maybe, just maybe, Luke encounters an Inquisitor because... Vader is on this search to find Luke Skywalker, but it, it, and we know that in Return of the Jedi. Um, but maybe there's an aspect of like like Palpatine knows what Vader is up to, that Vader wants Luke to join him so that they can defeat 
Palpatine. So Palpatine sends out Inquisitors. I mean, hmm. obviously the idea of the Inquisitor comes from the idea of Mara Jade, right? Could there be an opportunity for them to reintroduce that character? Could Mara Jade still be part of the story? I mean, she's not in the movies, but maybe she's still out there in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she's an Inquisitor, and maybe she's an Inquisitor that Luke meets between Empire and Jedi, and then again after Jedi, and and after he brings Vader back to the to the light side, he realizes that he could turn her as well, and and that happens, and then you know a bunch of other stuff happens, and then Kylo Ren kills her. Uh, and that's what that's why Luke leaves, right? Yeah, you know, like who who knows? But but the the story that they're telling in Star Wars Rebels to me says that anything is possible at this point. Um, we can <laughs> yeah. go anywhere with this, yeah. and and even even these crazy stories might might be might be some version of the truth. Mm-hmm. So this, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I've said. It's talking about this this crazy scene. I mean, this thing starts out with Vader coming down on top of a TIE fighter. Incredible image. And I mentioned this before a few times about how this has been eight plus years in the making and this meetup. And it did. And I thought to myself, this could be one of those moments in Star Wars where we all look back. And, and, and when you talk about like a seminal moment, you're talking about stuff like... Obviously, Luke, I am your father. Luke and the twin sons. Um, Darth Vader getting his helmet for the first time in Episode Three. Uh, even in Episode Seven, Ray's awakening. It's like a moment where it just stands out yeah. in the show or in the movie. And Maul and his double-bladed saber in Episode One. I mean, talk about a standout moment. And this is going to be one of those where we all look back to after years and years and go, man, remember the time Ahsoka and Vader met for the final time? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, that ultimate meeting where they actually clash for the first time. And this is, this is one of those moments, yeah. man. It's just everything that it led up to and, and the dialogue in between them was just was so great. And even even Vader mentioned in, in, in the dialogue, he says, you know, it's been a long... I, don't, I can't remember exactly what he says about... It's just, he goes our meeting is finally here or whatever. So even he knew that this was coming. So man, what it, but like I said, we talked about it. Incredible, incredible scene. And it just even gets better here as we keep going. Um, as they fight, Ezra attempts to take the holocron from the obelisk, but he is unsuccessful. It takes a master and an apprentice. Kanan Jarrus has returned guided by a chopper. He still wears the temple guard mask and Ezra questions it. The Padawan helps his master to the holocron and realizes he has lost his sight. Vader and Ahsoka continue to forcefully, forcefully duel the Tegruta using acrobatics, acrobatics and impressive technique. But the Sith Lord pulls ahead. He force pushes her off the platform and she falls below. So they're showing this fight, Mike, an incredible fight. And of course, yeah. uh, to me, you know, obviously it looks like uh, Vader is... Kind of, she he he is overpowering her. Like I said, you know, like it says here, he's he's too powerful. He's too big. He's too skilled. Ahsoka does is able to do some things. Of course, I mean that was a former master, so um, she does hold her own. But but he's just like I said, it's he's just too powerful. It's just too much, too overwhelming, and his force ability as well. Yeah. Um, just overmatches her. And I don't know if it's because obviously she left the order a long time ago, and she's just not as She's just not skilled, you know, as skilled as she she could be, um, and we see that. and And it's not too uh, it's not too much for Vader to uh, to defeat her 
or so we yeah. think. Um, well, okay, so let's 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 break this down. The only time Vader is ever defeated uh, in continuity mm-hmm. is by Luke with the dark side. Yeah, that's the only reason that Luke is able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like Luke taps into the dark side for a moment there. I mean, never not fully, but no, he no. does begin to go down that path. Yeah, and then he chops angry. off his hand, yeah. and he, and Vader is defeated. Luke could have killed him in that moment. And he chooses not to. He comes back to the light and in doing so brings Vader back as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't think like like Luke asks the question, is the dark side more powerful? And Yoda says, no, quicker, more seductive. Mm-hmm. But I think that that the the that answer, the quicker part it means is the dark side more powerful it's not more powerful but is it stronger yes it's like, stronger yeah yeah right because the dark side is about strength but the the light side is it, it has strength in a different way and that strength often requires patience it often requires um it's a it's not a physical strength like it is with the dark side it's a strength of character it's a it's an inner strength and it's the strength that Luke taps into that allows him to to resist the emperor right mm-hmm. um it's the strength that allows obi-wan to to sacrifice himself in order for Luke and and the others to escape the death star and and eventually defeat the dark side and then the empire right mm-hmm. like it, it is it's i'll even go so far as to say it's the strength that allows han solo to make his eventual sacrifice um and and do what he has to do in in the force awakens right mm-hmm. um because even though han solo is not a force user um he's not a jedi or anything like that you'd be silly to say that he's not at least somewhat force sensitive um so i like i think that the the light side does guide your actions in those moments and it is that inner strength it is that 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 peace so is it does it make sense that vader would be able to defeat ahsoka of course it does because vader is powerful I also think that this is one of those moments where Ahsoka does damage to Vader that that puts Vader into the position that he's in or is beginning to put Vader into the position that he's in mm-hmm. in, in A New Hope. Because um, she does... She scores a couple of hits. Yeah, right. Um, and I think does... Kanan gets, gets a hit in as well, doesn't he? On Vader? Yeah, doesn't he, like, leap over him and, and, and hit him at some point? Um no, 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 not 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 Kanan. Um, maybe it's just Ahsoka. So I, this is the problem with I, Yoda I, watching the episode one. I think you're thinking of maybe Ezra in the in the first part of that. I don't know if maybe it was Ezra. Yeah, was it Ezra? Does Ezra Ezra like leaps over him and and strikes him at one point? I think he just gets a lucky, yeah, like you said, maybe a shot in somehow, and then that's yeah. when Vader kind of goes, "Okay, I've had enough," and he just was he does this big overhand powerful yeah. strike that he does and just. He, destroys the lightsaber and just like okay done yeah that's right that's right yeah that's right yeah. okay that's yeah i'm mixing up those two things right but um i think like as they do damage to vader um it, it, he kind of 
it's it's interesting even though it's it's mechanical parts i think i think that there's there's a part of vader there's a part of anakin that's still in there Mm -hmm. and and every time he's defeated like this he goes deeper into the dark side um and anakin is destroyed more and more and as and as that happens he loses more of his humanity and gives in more to the machine aspect and as that happens he actually does become less powerful Mm -hmm. um because like that there there's an aspect to that that like the less human he is the less he's able to call on the force and that's why like vader can't use force lightning right like there there has to be a justification for why vader never resorts to the things that that palpatine does um and vader relies heavily on on the lightsaber and and force choking to to do his dirty work when when palpatine barely even needs to break a sweat in order to to utilize the dark side um and and i think that this is one of those moments where where anakin like when he says you know i destroyed him like that the pieces of anakin that were there are gone more and more but then obviously when he embraces anakin skywalker and he saves luke skywalker at the end of of Return of the Jedi, he's able to return as a Force ghost because, uh, a because he's the chosen one, and b because he fully embraces the light side in that moment, and he comes back and 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 uh, epitomizes what it means to be the light side. So, um, yeah, that there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on in these moments. There's so much to to deconstruct. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the overall story of Star Wars, like like you were saying, this is full of pivotal moments um, yeah. and and iconic moments that, right. that we're going to remember for a very long time. The stuff that happens here has repercussions for all of the characters mm-hmm. involved. Yeah, and we were just talking about Vader, and he does, actually it's not Ezra that gets a strike in because I'm watching it now. It's uh, okay. I, I believe it's I just think you're thinking of Ahsoka. She, okay. she does get a, a hit in as well before on his on his chest plate right yeah before yeah. the main hit so um actually let's uh let's go ahead and talk about that right now you want to do this next one mike and i'll set it up uh where are we together together yeah. yeah together the masked jedi with his apprentice pull the holocron from the obelisk and are sent flying backward holocron in hand the temple begins to collapse and chopper has arrived with the phantom just before they make it safely i uh, Ezra begins to be pulled backward. It is Vader. He force pulls the young Padawan toward him, eager to steal the holocron. But Kanan holds on tightly. Ahsoka lunges from behind and catches him off guard, slashing the Sith in the mask with her saber and sending him to the ground. Ezra yells for her to hurry and join them, but Vader's next words stop her in her tracks. Vader's mask has been damaged, revealing the eye of Anakin Skywalker. Ahsoka is softened by the sight of her former master. Ezra yells out for his friend, but she force pushes him back behind the lowering temple wall. Ezra watches the ensuing fight as the wall lowers and they are out of sight. He joins the master in the uh, sorry his master in the phantom, and they escape the horror just as the temple explodes in a beam of light.
Oh my goodness! I and listening to that man, it's just again, it, it causes chills. It's just an amazing scene. I love how this thing starts when when Vader is pulling at Ezra, and and it's a perspective. If you shoot back to Vader, and in the corner you see uh, Ahsoka running back towards him, like, oh boy, here we yeah. go, and she gets that obviously that major hit on his helmet and. I, you talked about earlier, Mike, about sometimes this, this, it just makes you smile because you're just so happy and you're just so giddy about what's going on. And when you <laughs> see him turn around and that eye poking out and then the yeah. voice and you're just like, I was smiling. And it's crazy because my son, the, the, my youngest one, is sitting on the couch and he's watching this with me. And he's not he's not a fan like I am. He's just He kind of just sits down and watches it, no big deal. And he sees me and he even says, he I can hear him in the corner, he goes, Oh man, and even he, the impact of that scene hit him, which he's not a Star Wars fan. I mean, he likes the movies and all that, but even that part of it impacted him. And he even, he looks at me, he goes, oh dad. I'm like, oh yeah, son, this is it right here, right? (laughs) It was crazy. And and to see that and, oh man, to hear the voice and the way they modulated and they mixed the voices together (sighs) and, Yeah. And the impact and the and oh. the line and the line yeah. the, 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 then you will die like that. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Like that that and and Ahsoka and, and the way she plays yeah. it too, Mike. She has this yeah. she sees the eye and she's like she starts to to pull back. But I love the yeah. way they do this, right? They she goes, I won't leave you. And the way she says it, you're like it kind of melts your heart a little bit like, oh man, they're together, you know, like what are they going to do? And then she turns and says, um, she doesn't say anything, but Vader says you will die, but she's, she's ready to do this. Right. And yeah. And the way this thing ends, here's where I said earlier, like I felt a little bit gypped a little bit, right? Like I felt that if she would have died there, she would have, she would have fulfilled her maybe destiny, right? Her purpose in this. Like she, she force pushed Ezra out of there. Like, get out of here. I'll deal with this. You know, Kanan, you continue to train him and and they go off and they're saved. Right. I thought that they could have done that. They could have killed her. We were all ready for it. Right. They were building it up and I was so fine with it. I like, that is a way to go out. Right. So, but here's the thing. Did they, did they kill her? Is she dead? Well, like, yeah, of course. Because I th- I think that it's open to interpretation, right? It now. is. Uh, yes, we do see her in the last moment of the of the episode in that in that the montage, mm-hmm. but we see her going into the temple into the darkness, and I don't know if that's literal or not. Yeah, I think that might be a vision. Like I think that that might be. I think that might be similar to, um, the, like how like we literally see Vader on Dagobah in the cave, mm-hmm. but it's not Vader, right? Right, and I think that this might be one of those moments where we're sort of seeing something through the Force. That I I I do believe that she's dead. Now, just because she's dead doesn't mean she's been destroyed. <laughs> it's Star Wars, right? right. And and we are on a, an, a, an incredibly important planet in terms of um, dark side presence and, and, and the force. So 
there's an opportunity for weird stuff to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So, and beyond that, after last week's, was it last week's episode? A couple, yeah, I think it was last week's episode. We were talking about it going into this episode. Um, I I went back and and I, and I, I looked deeper into those, I, the, um, what's the planet? What's the planet that they go to where, where they restore the force, where Anakin does the thing? Uh, I just had it a second ago, and now all I can think about is the Clone Wars? Yeah, in the Clone Wars. Uh, you're talking about the um, uh, Mortis stuff? Yeah, Mortis. Uh-huh. Um, she is imbued with the life force of the daughter. She is. which is, like The daughter was the embodiment of the light side. So Ahsoka is not normal anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like from that point forward, there's something about Ahsoka that is different. And her white lightsabers and the path that she goes down, she to me is an embodiment of the light side. She could be killed and not be destroyed. She could be killed and come back in the future um, in the same way that Obi-Wan does, in the same way that Anakin does, in the same way that Yoda does. Like that is just because she's she's her physical body may have been destroyed in that explosion and we don't know that for sure but let's say that she was what was that explosion because it wasn't a regular explosion there was something else going on there what could it have done if that was force energy if that was energy that the sith had gathered like like through the force or something like that that like through the holocrons which we know are powered by the force itself Mm -hmm. uh, because they can only be unlocked by through the force um, what would that do to somebody who carries within them the embodiment of the light side? Was that explosion even the temple? Mm-hmm. Because it was a white explosion, right? right? Could that explosion have been the moment that, that Ahsoka died and she destroyed the temple in in dying and not the temple killed her when it was destroyed Mm -hmm. like there's so much to look at here there's so much to interpret um and because we don't see what happens who knows yeah who knows was she even was she even killed when that happened did she just unleash that energy that was inside her from when they were on mortis could she still be alive Mm -hmm. right like they're, they're it could go any way here. And, and you know, the only one who knows for sure. I think there are only two people who know what happened. Uh, in, in maybe three. Because maybe they would have met, let Matt into this. But I think that Dave Filoni and Ashley Eckstein are the only ones who know really what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and possibly Matt Lanter. Who, like, can we just stop for a second and acknowledge... Obviously, James Earl Jones was Vader for most of this episode, but in those last few moments, it was Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker, and it was... I've said before that Matt Lanter is my Anakin Skywalker, right. that he, that I think that he's a better Anakin Skywalker than, than Hayden Christensen was. In that moment, the contest is over. Mm-hmm. Like it's done because the way that he delivers that line, uh, the then you will die. It sounds like Vader, but it is Anakin. 
Right, 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 right. And more so than than Hayden Christensen ever managed to pull off, which I always defend Hayden Christensen and say that's his performance. He is playing Darth Vader without the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you listen to some of the the, especially in the end of Revenge of the Sith, you listen to some of his dialogue. It is very the way that his intonation and stuff is very much mimicking James Earl Jones, just without James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. right? Um, like the from my perspective the Jedi are evil the or my point of view the Jedi are evil like the way that he delivers that line is very much the way that Vader would say mm-hmm. it um, but it's coming out of a whiny Anakin Skywalker voice so it's people lost that people didn't catch his performance mm-hmm. there so like I say I always defend that but in this moment Matt Lanter seals the deal he's the better Anakin Skywalker he is he's the Anakin Skywalker I think we all wanted mm-hmm. um, and 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 he proves it in that moment it's so good and he deserves all the credit in the world for that um, yeah no yeah. he does he does and and that's what's so tough about this like all this culminating I, I did yeah. like I understand that I don't know that's why I think they, they kind of they kind of cheated us just a little bit because Although I did, I, yeah. I don't mind how they ended it, and maybe they're gonna they're gonna blow us away by what they're gonna show us later on of what really happened. I just thought it was a, for me personally, I thought it was a perfect way to, for her to go out. Like she did what she had yeah. to do. She served the story. She served the purpose, and you know, it's Vader. Obviously, he's gonna. It would he would have been the perfect one if she were to die to do that. Uh, you had a, yeah. a great opportunity here, but. I just hold hope that maybe there's something, you know, that Dave Filoni's got up his sleeve that he's going to turn around and even blow us away even more down the line of what happens. And again, this is up to interpretation. Who knows? You know, like you said, for me, it was hard to see. Like I had to go back a few times to see yeah. that. Was that Ahsoka walking away? Like, cause my, this, you know, crappy SD, it's, it's so hard to tell. It was such a small figure. <laughs> so, so it was pretty clear that it was her, right? Yeah, okay. so, yeah, it's abundantly yeah. clear. And then there's uh, Ashley Eckstein in the Rebels Recon is wearing a T-shirt that is that okay. moment. It's got that triangle yeah. doorway, and it's it's Ahsoka walking towards it, which is artwork that was made by Dave yeah. Filoni. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that that is what happens. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking is, is although, like, initially I felt kind of cheated, maybe they're saving yeah. something super big. Like, there's going to be even a better or bigger ending to to what she does so uh so we'll just we'll leave it at that mike um yeah let's uh let's finish out this last little montage senior you, you want to take sure. it for me yeah uh the phantom returns to at atalon i still don't know how to say that, <laughs> word, that yeah. name uh ezra helps kanan out of the shuttle to the awaiting members of the ghost crew hera runs toward kanan touches his covered eyes and embraces him rex comes to check for his clone war comrade and Ezra gives him a telling stare. Rex closes his eyes. He knows Ahsoka did not make it back. Maul has not been defeated. He pilots a TIE fighter away from Malachor with a menacing grin. Vader emerges limping from the rubble of the temple with his mask sliced and his voice box wheezing. A convoy flies from the top of the temple. A shrouded figure, rese- uh, a figure resembling Vader's former apprentice descends further into the depths of Malachor. Back in the ghost, Ezra still holds the holocron. It levitates in his palm, and his eyes intensely reflect the beaming red light. And what a montage scene! Like, 
this is one of those endings where it's you can definitely yeah. tell it's a uh, season ending. Some great stuff. We see Maul flying away, so we know he's going to be part of this series going yep. forward. We see um, Vader walking away from the rubble and what's going on. He's wheezing. He's gotten hit. Really cool stuff. Um, the the re- reunion of the Ghost Crew. Uh, yeah. Wow. Of course, they don't have Ahsoka anymore, but that reunion was so neat to see. And and Hera clutching uh, Ezra. Uh, not Ezra. Uh, Kanan. And then, of course, we got this levit- this this convoy that we've seen in the last two episodes, Mike. This convoy, and and a lot of people are speculating that there's something going on with that because we've seen a image of a convoy in last episode as Ahsoka's yeah. walking away, and the same con not same convoy where the convoy whatever it is flying as Vader walks away. So I don't know a lot of stuff to, to think could about. It, could that be could that be Yoda overseeing it? Like, could Yoda be mm-hmm. be using that creature, or like, could that creature be a manifestation of Yoda uh-huh. in the Force, uh-huh. um, viewing things from his right uh, uh, hovel on Dagobah, Dagobah from his yeah. from 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 his his home on Dagobah? Mm-hmm. Um, because Yoda does say in Empire about Luke, a long time have I watched watched him, yeah. right? Like. Yoda has the ability to see things in the galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe he's using these. Like maybe, maybe that's what that is, mm-hmm. and and it's it is it's Yoda sort of um, watching from afar, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe like like I said, like like the Force. It's so we want to pin it down and we want to give it definitions and all that, but it's not. It's it's everything, right? <clears throat> you can't define it because it's it's. Uh, it's at once uh, like everything you see and it, but it's also everything in between that you don't see mm-hmm. and so I you know to limit it and say the force can't do that or you know like that's not a, that's not a thing that's happened in the movies uh, I think is is short-sighted and uh, and and maybe a little bit naive um, because the force can do anything and it just has to be put into one of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, and that Yoda tries to tell us that on several occasions throughout the films. Uh, and so could that be Yoda or, or the force itself or something of that sort mm-hmm. um, present in those moments? And, and I, I, th- I think that that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good interpretation of mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I think that that's possible, but yeah, I, man, what an ending! Well, here's the thing: check out this ending, Mike, and, and this is how we'll finish yeah. it up. Obviously, the last scene is the levitation of the Sith holocron in Ezra's yeah. hands, and I want to take you guys back. I mentioned this earlier. Um, this is what Maul says about the about the holocron. Check check this out. So. How do you open this? One must be a Sith. Or think like one, but it has other uses. There you go. So, Maul says, you have to be a Sith or think like one. And the last yeah. scene we get is a reflection of an opening holocron is in Ezra's eyes. So, that is a huge FBI clue of to where, uh, to where Season 3 
uh, it might be headed. And I think you mentioned this earlier, Mark, about him and Maul uh, obviously maybe getting back together somehow, maybe, and yeah. and going along another story arc with with Ezra, which I thought Ezra might be going to the dark side this season, but it looks like maybe that's going to happen next season. So. Um, and the way this thing faded out with the music, I thought that actually the music was really done really fantastic in this whole montage to end the season. Yeah. Like I said, I gave this thing an A. Uh, great. Probably the best. I'll say it was the best episode of this series so far. I, I, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely up there for me. It's it's yeah. it's, it's full of huge moments. It's full of iconic moments. Mm-hmm. Um, for Clone Wars fans, it is definitely important. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot there's a lot to to love about about this. This is look um, towards the end of the Clone Wars series, we were getting week after week of of content like this. Yeah. And then coming into Rebels, I know that it was very jarring for a lot of people for it to be much more like a regular cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a mini movie. This was this this was what Clone Wars was at its height. This reminds me of the the death watch the darth maul death watch uh arc in the Mm -hmm. clone wars where uh obviously what happens in that story changes the course of 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 the those characters arcs uh forever and um that story changes obi-wan kenobi as a character in in existing media mm-hmm. um it makes you look at revenge of the sith and a new hope in a very different light um because you see just how much obi-wan lost during the clone wars uh and and how he could have been so distracted from anakin's fall mm-hmm. because that's not where his mind was that's not what he was focused on right he thought anakin was was Fine that Anakin was was uh, uh, becoming a, a a good Jedi, and he was ignoring the bad stuff because in his own mind he was looking at his life and his choices, and and ignoring the stuff with Padme, um, and it, it, you know like stuff like that happened in the Clone Wars, and now you look at 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 Rebels a lot of rebels we were just going like and then they go on this adventure and then they go on this adventure and then. Vader shows up at the beginning of this season in Siege of Lothal, and we go, okay, now maybe they're starting to kick into into high gear. Maybe now they're going to get into the important stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately we go back to, and then they go on this adventure, and then they go on this adventure. <laughs> yeah. And then we close out the season with, uh, with this incredible story. Uh, and and I and I, and, I, and I think that they they going into season three, we're gonna get a lot more of this sort of storytelling and a lot less of season one and two storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you know, all you have to do is look at the Clone Wars. All you have to do is look at the Clone Wars in season one and two. It was, and then they went on this adventure, and then they went on this adventure. It was just not always the same characters. It was it was bouncing around between Kit Fisto and Obi Wan and Anakin and, and Anakin and Ahsoka and uh, and Yoda goes on an adventure and Mace Windu goes on an adventure and Jar Jar goes on an adventure right like it it, it bounced around and it told all sorts of stories um, but then somewhere in season three they went no yeah. <laughs> we're gonna tell a story now and 
and it had the 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 moment that you know that it happened was when they got their new costumes and the tone started to shift and uh, and we've already been told when we come back in season three, all of the characters will have very different looks. Yeah, I'm looking for um, that too. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I think that the biggest shifts for the for characters are going to be in in Kanan and Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to look very different. I think they're going to look very very different, and uh, and it's going to indicate where those characters are going. I think I think when we come back, Kanan may even have a few gray hairs added to his to his look. Mm-hmm. Um, moving them closer towards that Rom Coda look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see that too. Um, and we'll talk about season three uh, in a minute here. Um, if you're if you're on the Facebook page or if you want to contact us, let us know what you thought about this show. I know yeah. I know Martin posted a comment about he thought it was a great episode and um, Matt Camel had some things to say about the episode as far as he thought maybe the, the Inquisitors were being trained by Maul, but it looks like we found out uh, Obviously, it was it wasn't yeah. that way uh, in this yeah. episode. So um, we'll get together sometime yeah. in the summer and go over maybe this season. So we'll we'll ask you guys for some input out there and to give yeah. us some input what you thought of the season, what for you sure. thought of this last episode before we we do like a breakdown of the season maybe and some other stuff going on. So so definitely contact us and let us know what you think, whether it's email, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Definitely do that. Um, Next time, Mike, we're talking about season three, yep. and let's talk. Let's. Um, I want to play you just a quick clip of some of the cast and crew, and uh, what they thought or what they're thinking uh, is coming up, and, and their thoughts on season three. Check this I'll out. So. That goes. I want to see how uh, Kanan gets along, having been blinded. That is an incredible challenge that he has, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how those characters change. You know, over the course of the next season, we're going to start seeing more and more recognizable elements. We're going to see more of the rebellion that we recognized in episode four and in Rogue One. Uh, taking shape in Rebels. Something big is going to happen that I think people really, really want. And I know that I've wanted it for a while and we figured out a way to do it. It's a very important moment in Star Wars, an important moment for Star Wars fans. See, long-time die-hard Star Wars fans. So that's going to be something, and you will definitely learn more about that at Celebration coming up because I'm going to talk about it specifically. <laughs> okay, like he's saying this, right? Yep. And... Is there any doubt that he's talking about Maul and Kenobi? Uh, I hope so. I mean, is that is that what you thought he's thinking? Is that what you're thinking? I don't what know. That, I did, that, did, that didn't occur to me other than my wishful thinking. And I think that, that part of me is trying to to hold back. <laughs> he's talking about, like, fans. Like, yeah. we've wanted this. He's wanted this. Uh, we've been, you know, it's been out there for a long time. And everything he's saying is like I can't I, at first I thought he's talking about here's what I at first I thought he was talking about Maul and Vader which he mm-hmm. very, mel, very well could be talking about but then I thought well there's this other thing about like you said earlier what other major um, conflict is yeah. out there besides Maul like he wants he wants Kenobi so bad and it's either Maul and Vader or it's it's Maul and Kenobi. That's the only thing I can think of. I, those of you listening, when you hear this, I don't know. Tell us what you think it is. Who do you think he's talking about? It, it, we're going to find out at Celebration. Yeah. Um, but Which is man, in June or July? I, I think, think it's June. June, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking it's – at first I thought Maul Vader, but now I'm starting to think it's more Vader and Kenobi yeah. because of some of the comics we've seen, the Vision stuff. 
Um, we've all talked about it and all these podcast hours podcasts talk about it, Mike. Um, and when you, when I heard that, I immediately thought of you, I think, man, this is right up Mike's alley. He wants this so bad. It's <laughs> so gotta bad. be right. Yes. <laughs> so that's some of the comments, you know, um, uh, Pablo was talking about we're going to see more of a, a Rebels Rogue One type thing going on in season three. Um, Sam, when we're talking about the what what uh, Kanan is going to look like, and we've talked yeah. about that, Mike, you think it's going to be more of a Rom Coda type? Of, and here's Ma, here's here's Sam Witwer who was in you know he is Star Killer, so he knows so much yeah. about Rom Coda. I think he's on the right track too. So yeah, man, it looks like it's it's shaping up to be some great stuff. I can't wait to get some kind of a. I'm sure we'll be back, Mike, to talk about what we get out of maybe Celebration. We're obviously oh, yeah, going to get some Rebel sure. stuff. So we'll definitely sure. be back to talk about that and and what Filoni's talking about. So for sure we'll be back talking about that and some other stuff. So that is a kind of a quick look at what we're going to see in Season 3. But yep. I guess that'll do it for the season finale, Mike. What do you think? Anything else? Uh, no, man, that's it. I uh, thank you to everybody who's been listening along uh, in season two, and uh, obviously since season one, and obviously, obviously since the beginning of the Clone Wars. Um, it's it's been it's been pretty rad, uh, uh, and this season in particular has been really cool because it's been a lot of callbacks to the Clone Wars, um, a lot of fond memories and that sort of thing. So, I, I it's been a great season. Um, we are, we'll take a bit of a break, but we will be back. We're going to be yeah. back on a regular basis this summer. I promise that, um, uh, we're not going to leave you guys hanging until, uh, October. And, and we did, a, we did a better job last year than we've done, than we had done with Clone Wars. But, um, but, but we're going to do a much better job this summer. Um, if only for the fact that people are supporting us on Patreon. So we got to Mm-hmm. We we gotta be around and and have regular episodes. So I you will get at least one episode every month, if not a couple. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and it might not always be Matt and I. It might be we might bring in some special guests. We might bring in sure um, yeah. uh, uh, a few extra people to talk about some stuff, get some perspectives because you guys have heard everything that we have to say about this series. Yeah. I but I. Uh, you can uh, obviously stay tuned to rebelspodcast.com to uh, to to get those new episodes to obviously get all of the latest news which Tim does a great job of keeping you guys up to date over there um, you can follow us on Facebook facebook.com slash rebels podcast as well as on Twitter at rebels podcast you can follow myself at arkwolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f uh, and you can follow Matt at the crankster that's crankster with a k Yes. Uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter. Talk to us on Twitter. We'd like to hear from you guys. Um, uh, and, uh, I, you know, we, we will be busy with other stuff over the summer, uh, as well as Rebels Podcast. Um, obviously, we've got some other podcasts at uh, uh, thunderquack.com because uh, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. So head to thunderquack.com. Check out those other podcasts. Um, you know, if, if you feel like there's a, a, a hole missing in your life uh, without regular weekly Rebels uh, podcast episodes, uh, check out check out Star Wars The Saga Continues. Check out Talking Time Lords. Check out Double X Files, uh, Quiver Podcast. Uh, sorry, Quiver the Green Arrow Podcast, I should say. Uh, and uh, coming soon, we will have 
the first episode of Irregularly Scheduled. It's actually been recorded now. So, oh, wow. Um, so that's coming. I, I, it's coming soon. I'm just working out the, uh, the, the music. Uh, and then I'm going to edit that episode and put it up. So so that'll be coming soon. Head to thunderquack.com. You can check out all the links to those. Of course, we also have Thunderquack stuff going on all the time uh, on a monthly basis as part of uh, our Patreon uh, campaign. You can head to patreon.com slash thunderquack to check that out um, to support us. Uh, we appreciate everybody who does. We appreciate everybody who's supported us over the course of this season. Thank you very much. Um, you can uh, you can chip in. It's like Kickstarter, only it's on an ongoing basis. It's not just one campaign that happens and then it's done and then we take your money and then you never get anything for it, like happens with so many Kickstarters. With, with Patreon, it's kind of more like a subscription service where you kick in every month and uh, you get rewards on a monthly basis for that. So the $1 level, you get added into our Facebook group, um, which is just for Patreon supporters. Um, and we have awesome conversations over there. You can talk directly with, with uh, Thunder Quack podcast hosts um, and, uh, and, and chat with them about different things. All sorts of stuff, not just Star Wars, not just the podcast, but everything. Um, and, uh, and of course we all have our, our monthly roundtables on YouTube, but if you don't have time to sit down and watch them on YouTube, some of them can be pretty long, like upwards of two hours. Um, and you want to just listen to them on the go, like you listen to all of our podcasts, you can also do that by supporting us at the $5 level. You'll get an MP3 podcast of our monthly uh, Thunder Quack roundtables. So the first one of those will be dropping. Uh, it'll be our Batman v Superman roundtable, um, and that'll be coming out in uh, in probably the next week or so. Uh, and then uh, new content, uh, we're bringing uh, a new podcast, which is exclusively for Patreon listeners, and that'll be the Thunder Quack podcast for our supporters at the $10 level and above. So I and and the great thing about Patreon is that at ten dollars, not only are you gonna get the Thunderquack podcast, but you're also gonna get the the roundtable MP3, and you get access to the Facebook group. So like everything kind of stacks; it adds together. We have a mm-hmm. few perks in there that are that are um, specific, but uh, but but yeah, like the, a lot of them stack, and as you go up in levels, you get more more stuff. Um, so. Uh, look forward to that. It'll that'll probably be in a couple weeks. Uh, uh, we're getting ready to record that soon. So, um, yeah, that Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack. I thank you to everybody who supported us uh, yeah, so far. Sure, we really yeah. appreciate it. It's allowing us to do new cool things with with uh, with Thunderquack and with the podcast. So so we appreciate that. And thank you to everybody who's listened throughout season two. Um, we'll be back soon soon i'm gonna say like we'll be back again in april this episode's gonna come out on april 3rd and we'll be back before the month is out to talk about star wars so um uh, maybe maybe we'll do an episode to talk about the force awakens blu-ray special features once everybody's had an opportunity to check that out and uh and uh and and we can talk a little bit more about the force awakens and uh, and how it connects to rebels and and uh, what we want to see in the future. So stay tuned for that. Obviously, yes. we'll have our, our like Matt was talking about, we'll have an episode where we bring together probably probably with Tim and Kyle to talk about season two as a, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, we can kind of go back and, and, and pick out our favorite episodes and, and all that sort of thing uh, and talk about our favorite moments. But uh, stay tuned, rebelspodcast.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you soon. See you soon.